All right. I just poured a cocktail. I feel much better. I'm still in Hawaii. I want to thank everyone for tuning into Barry Katz's podcast. I dropped that Sunday. You know, part of this podcast that I slack on is this moment right here, this opening part where I just kind of talk to you. I do have stuff to promote. I do have stuff to sell you. I hope you enjoy it. But uh, for the most part, I just want to connect. That's what I love about this podcast. It is fucking gorgeous in Hawaii. I love it here. I still got a show. That's Wednesday night, May 31st. Uh, that's tonight, if you're listening to this right now. I'm a little late. I took a nap this morning. I had to do press for the show. I just made a uh, Tito's and Soda. I'm heading out of the pool in a second. But I'm sitting right now naked on the balcony in a robe, looking at the waves breaking. There's a sailboat in the distance. I fucking love Hawaii. If there's a way I could live down here and just... I would love it. Thank you, everyone. I don't know if I said this already or not. I've done... uh, I've done nine iterations of this opening before I decided to come outside and be real and take my time with it. I wanted to bang through it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in Sunday to the Sunday special podcast I dropped with Barry Katz. If you don't know and you're just getting this right now, there's a new one I dropped with Barry Katz on Sunday. There's last week's that's a swap cast with Doug Stanhope from Bisbee. That's a great one. I told a joke in that. If someone could hit me up that joke about water fountains and segregation times, um, I'd appreciate it. I don't know how that joke went. I forgot how I told it. But I want to try to put it in my act. Uh, but yeah, uh, check out his movie, I Kill JFK. It airs right now. It's airing today, Wednesday, May 31st, one night only. Go to ikilljfk.com to find a theater near you. It's very easy. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's it. No, that's not it. There's a book I read probably, I'm going to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say probably like Eight years ago, six years ago, called I'm Dying Up Here. It, my dad sent it to me. I don't read a lot. You know that. But my dad sent it to me. He's like, buddy, you got to check this out. It's about the comedy scene in the 70s, about the store and about about the improv, about Bud Freeman and Mitzi Shore. Really great. It was. It's, it's about the, the boycott, the strike that went on, the comedy strike, where they wanted to get paid. And all the comics struck and, and certain comics crossed the lines, uh, picket lines, certain comics didn't. They're making a TV show about it. It's on Showtime. I'm dying to see it. It's executive produced by Jim Carrey. It, it airs this Sunday, June 4th at 10 p.m. 9 central on Showtime, only on Showtime. Um, they've got award-winning actress Melissa Leo in it. She plays Goldie, the, uh, the female who runs the Sunset Strip with an iron fist. I think you can get who that is. But more importantly, the dudes in it are Al Madrigal, Andrew Santino, who's going to be on the podcast soon. We're trying to set a date. I'm just fucking flaking on being in L.A. And Eric Griffin. Eric Griffin is from Workaholics, the greatest guy in the world. I, 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 me and him did radio together in Tampa. He's fucking amazing. He's a great actor, man. He is blowing the fuck up. They got a Workaholics movie coming out, and he's going to be in that too, I think. I'm super excited for this show. If you don't have Showtime, that doesn't mean a fucking thing. You know that. You can go get the Showtime app and start your free trial. Just, all you got to do is put in an email address and make up a password, and bam, you can stream Showtime immediately to your device. You did that for my special, uh, The Machine. You did that to Al Madrigal special, Shrimp It Ain't Easy. And Al's in this. You know I love Al. Al is the president of all things comedy. So go watch this show. I'm excited for it. I'm really pumped. It's one of the few books I read. So you know when you read a book and then the movie comes out, you're like, well, I'm definitely fucking seeing this. I'm going to compare notes. Uh, 
It's amazing. Like I said, Jim Carrey, they're doing press for it. Jim Carrey's got that big-ass beard. And uh, Jim Carrey is the executive producer. Apparently, he just went to the store one night and found all the talent working at the comedy store. He found Al, Andrew, and Eric all just did sets that night. And he was like, you're my cast. And uh, I'm super excited. Showtime has billions with Dan Soder. Dan Soder is a good friend of mine. He does The Bonfire with Jay, Big Jay Erickson. So you know this is going to be a good show. Like I said, I'm dying up here. Premieres on Showtime June 4th at 10 p.m. 9 Central, only on Showtime, Sunday, June 4th. June 5th and after, don't miss Showtime episodes. I'm dying up here Sundays at 10 p.m. 9 Central, only on Showtime. Go to Showtime. Get the app. Uh, it's cool. It's about the comedy scene and the store. You know the store is fucking destroying it right now. So it's, it's a really great time for this. Today's guest, wait, I have tour dates if you're interested. Uh, tonight, May 31st, in uh, Honolulu, in Waikiki, at the Blue Note. Go see me, two shows. Uh, next week, I'm in Cobb's Comedy Club, the 9th and 10th, June 9th and 10th at Cobb's. And then the 11th in Sacramento at the Punchline. And then Kansas City, Orlando, Skanks Fest in in uh, in Long Island or wherever Queens wherever that is Skanksfest in New York uh, go to skanksfest.com go to Louis J Gomez go to Big J Oakston find out when Skanksfest is it's going to be a fucking blast uh, Australia in September Practical Jokers Cruise in November for my birthday I think that's technically it I don't fucking know I am out of it I gotta go get down to the pool that's it. You guys ready to start the podcast? Let's start the fucking podcast. That wasn't too painful, was it? You guys were like, oh, Bert, fucking really? Seriously? Fucking seriously? God damn it. Someone signed me out of my fucking... One of the girls signed me out of my computer to all my iCloud shit. So now nothing's coming up on my iCloud. It's amazing. When you're in a hotel room with kids, it's so fucking loud. And then when no kids are in the hotel room, you're like... It feels like death in here. I'm reading that book about solitude, and, and I do not like solitude. That is the truth. Today's podcast is uh, with a guy who I'm a fan of everything this guy does. Tom Skr and I both. We've talked about him for a long time. He is really a truly inventive, original guy. He, his album tore through the charts without any commercial uh, backing. It was just through podcasts, just through word of mouth. And uh, Nashville had to couldn't deny him. They had to invite him. He talks about this. They had to invite him to like the CMT Awards or something. Him and Wheeler Walker Jr. Or, uh, uh, Sturgill Simpson. Sturgill's the one. I, I love Sturgill Simpson. He's fantastic as well. But Sturgill's the same guy that tore through the charts the same way, and they couldn't deny him. And and now I think he's got the number one chart in Nashville. Nashville's like that that old guard. I think it's got that old guard. But he's uh, he's a fantastic dude. He's got a new album coming out. June 2nd. Let's see if I can find this online. June 2nd is called Old Wheeler. And one of the things we talk about on here is I, I got bothered because I really love his music. I really do. I play it nonstop. Him and Bird Cloud are people you could say it's like, it's like uh, comedy music, but it's not. It's just good music and they're writing about what they know. And that, you know, it's so funny. In comedy, that's what I do. I, I go, sometimes I look down at my material and I go, oh, I'm too hard on myself. But I'm just writing about what I like. That's all. That's how I do it. And if I wrote a comedy, if I wrote a country album, this is how I'd write it. 
and I talk about Bird Cloud right up the top. They're one of my favorite bands. I listen to them all the time. I got introduced to them through Stan Hope, and I got introduced to this guy through Rogan. Um, he is phenomenal. So he's got a new album called Old Wheeler coming out this Friday. Make sure to get it on iTunes. Get it wherever you can get your music. And just listen to him. Check him out. You're going to love this podcast. It's fucking fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Wheeler Walker Jr. This is about here grab this there's um there's a band i'm obsessed with that i wonder if you know called bird cloud yeah i took them out on uh my first tour no yeah that's what i feel like they kind of um and i don't want to take credit for it just because i I love them but i'd like to take some credit for getting the word out on them because their tour did way better better than i thought it would we we, yeah we're recording we're recording yeah and i had um I I I did my first show in Nashville, um, my record release party for my first show, and I was like, you know, who's who's kind of like, you know, who would fit in well with this? And yeah. a friend of mine suggested. Actually, it was, um, I think it honestly was uh, Sturgill Simpson who told me you, there's this two girls, Bird Cloud, they're fucking crazy. And I saw a show, and I'm like, yeah, that's my opening band because I it was a, it it made it such a great show, you know, because it was like. Wheeler, the fucking badass dude, yeah. talking about pussy, and it's like, and like to have a, a female group come out in front of me who's dirtier than me oh, turned it, it into such a fucking great. Definitely, like, like, uh, dirt. There's a man. There's something like you. I would say, and I and I, I think I would put you guys in the same group, like all three of you, two of them, and you. Is that it's? Uh, but the songs are so fucking. I love their music. Yeah, the both of so you guys. Both of you guys. I played. I forget where I was. Uh, I was at a bar at after one of my comedy shows, and I put in your last the the, the album you just released. The one I I got it off of. Uh, it's um redneck shit. The first one. red. No no no. This the, what was the, the, well, I there. I just found some new music. Yeah, the new ones comes out. I don't know when this will air, uh, but uh, the new one will be out June second. Um, the first one was yeah, just. Redneck shit, yeah. redneck shit. Um, and I was, I played it for my wife. Now my wife is, I always run any country music by through my wife because my wife is like legit, legit fan, but not, but not a fan of the bullshit stuff. She's a fan oh, of Hank cool. Senior, Hank Three. Where's she from? Uh, Bowden, Georgia. Okay, twelve hundred so people. Real, real yeah. deal, yeah. And so, and uh, like when she cleans, she plays country music. And like, like there's a there's a really great song um, by. It's not, it's a it's a country song, but uh, but Dwight Yoakam redid it, and it. I love Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam's. Have you met him? Uh, he, I'd no. imagine you and him would get together. Fucking. Yeah, well, he's a he's a Kentucky guy, but I didn't know this till recently. Dwight Dwight Yoakam was probably the guy. Growing up in Kentucky was weird because did you grow up in Kentucky? Yeah. Oh, really? So it was weird because a lot of the um, you know, everyone was listening to kind of that was around the time of like Garth and all that shit. And I never liked that shit. I never liked Garth either. I remember when that came out in like not in like eighty nine. Like I got friends. Everyone in, in everyone fucking high school was walking down the hall singing that I got friends in low places. I thought if I hear that song one more time, it'll fucking blow my brains out. But I feel like a lot of the, <laughs> the country guys like me, you know, like the, a lot of the guys I like now had the same kind of upbringing, which is you know you're from the south, so you you listen to. To, to rebel, you listen to fucking rock and punk and all that shit. Yeah. And then when people start playing you like country, you, you're like, no, no, man, that's my, you know, I'm from the, there. That's my music. Yeah. You get really deep into it, which is kind of this, the trajectory I went on. And Dwight Yoakam was probably the first guy who bridged the gap from rock to country for me because he was from Kentucky. So I was like, oh, 
there are people from Kentucky who can like get out and yeah. do shit. Although I didn't find out till later, which was interesting. I thought that he is actually thought of as a L.A. musician. He he got his yeah. He broke out from here, but he is actually from originally from because he's like that Bakersfield sound. Totally, and he, uh, which I didn't know, which was cool. Is he, I'm he, trying to find the name of this song so you can fuck, so I can tell you what it is. It's such a great fucking song. Well, if anyone uh, listen to this song, the last song off uh, this, um, there's this album called This Time. The last song is called R- Lonesome Roads. That's the song I used to play over and over and sing along to. That kind of taught me how to sing and play country. But um, he used to do a lot of shows apparently in L.A. when he first started because country was basically punk. Yeah, so he would do shows with like X and like. All the punk, but he would. It would be like the only gigs he could get were fucking punk gigs, which is kind of an, a similar. I took my crew one time to go see uh, Dwight Three, or not not Dwight Three, Hank the Third, yeah, Hank the Third, yeah. He, he mixes up the the punk and well, the, he does half of his show in country, and then the other half is punk, and it's so funny. Half of my crew enjoyed the first half, half of them enjoyed the last half, and it was and and he's a fascinating guy. Yeah, he's crazy. I heard he uh, he was a fan, but I've I've never uh, met him. But yeah, hey guys, let's do let's do a campaign right now. I want Wheeler Walker Jr. and and Hank Three to get together because you have a podcast, right? Yeah. Do you have like, guests I, on it? I, I, yeah, I just had we just put the first one up uh, today. It's been it's kind of weird because I mean you're kind of the you know you're up there you know you've got your work in to do a podcast. The thing I. I don't want to come off the wrong way, but my my people were my manager was just like you know do a podcast. It's a good way to get out there, and I feel like um. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> we had a slight conversation before we started this podcast. That's the exact opposite of what my manager said originally, and now that it's monetized, they're like, you know, this podcast thing's interesting. <laughs> yeah, we, we we went. Th- yeah, we, I wish we had a we'd had a, a mic for like only insiders to listen to before because we actually had a good conversation before this. But yeah, he's like he was saying how. Because I feel like what I'm going to say is going to come off the wrong way, which is, you know, get the word out about the new album. You'll have a podcast. But then it's like, people are, would people go like, um, are we just doing the podcast to sell records? No, you know? see, what I would, what I, what I, what I enjoy about when you do podcasts and when I, when I, and I've heard you on Opie, I've heard you on, um, uh, on Rogan, but I, li- I and and the thing I love, like there used to be the story. There's a girl named Ali Spagnola who's a, a singer, and every time she or a guitarist, and every time we come in here, we fuck around on the guitar, and that's one of the aspects you can add. Like Sturgill Simpson is someone that uh, obviously has been a huge fan of yours, and I think everyone is. No, maybe not everyone, but I, I know I'm, I I discovered him through Rogan, and then bought his album, and then his. This, I forget the name of the song, but it's when he talks about uh, making a pot of coffee. And it's like one of the big hits on the album. Uh, uh, I'm not shit. Today's going to suck. Kind of, I forget the name of the song. Yeah. By the way, the Dwight Yoakam song is Paradise. 12 minute reprise. 12 minutes of Paradise. It's the greatest fucking song. It's a, what, about, what album is that? It's, here, I'll just play it. Right? It's fucking... Dude, so we go... My wife is, like... When I say legit Dwight fan, like, if he does say... 
I think I want to fuck this chick. I got to be cool with it. I got to be like, honey, I get it. That's your one. That's your Charlie's there on. Yeah. Like, and I, uh, it's odd that she picked him, him and, uh, the other ones, uh, well, he, Bernard Hopkins. There was a song on, on the record I was listening to when I was in high school that was supposedly about him and Sharon, not sure. Was it Sharon Stone? Yeah. I think he, I mean, he was dating, you know, like A-listers he back then. Slams dimes. And yeah. so if my wife wants to get in that group, I got a letter, but we go to the, to, uh, Downtown LA has that like the music Hall of Sony something I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, I don't know Grammy Museum. Yeah, 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 Grammy Museum, and he does a private show. Tickets are fairly expensive, small audience, maybe like seventy five people, and like an idiot's the first time I eat edibles since they've been legal, and I have a full blown panic attack. Yeah, I did. Well, I just did Joey Diaz, and I passed on the edibles because I was I was like. I know what'll happen is I'll eat them. They won't hit me till I go home tonight and I'll be alone. Yeah. And I don't like being alone with my fucking thoughts, you know? <laughs> I have a joke that I'm doing about that on stage now about how your your brain has independent inquiries within itself going like, hey, man, do I remind you to breathe? And you're like, fuck. Yeah, sh- yeah sh- exactly. When, when I get super stoned and I'm alone, I'm just like, I'll have to like call a buddy, you know? like Yeah. Like the same thing what you're just saying, like, like my buddy will just breathe on its own, right? Like everything's cool. <laughs> Hey, yeah. what muscle starts to swallow? And you're like, oh, ah, now I don't remember how to swallow. How yeah, do I or, not remember yeah, how to swallow? Or my, or my right pinky's like kind of numb. Yeah. <laughs> is it, that's the first sign of a heart attack, right? And then yeah. it was funny is like uh, my buddy, one of my buddies is like uh, telling me that like whatever, like 90% of the when cops bust into a place and they find a dead guy, they're like, it's probably not 90, but some of a high proportion of them is they're on the shitter. Did you ever hear that? And he and he was telling me that, and it might be made up, but he guess he's claiming that because El, you know Elvis died on the toilet, but he was claiming that you know people are just you know sitting there just trying to squeeze it out and their fucking brain explodes, whatever. But I'm like, dude, that's my that's my biggest passion in life. Don't tell me that because like you can't take that away. Then I get me. stoned, I'll sit at home and I'll have to take a shit. And I'm like, oh god, here it comes. Yeah, I've had I've had my problem is um, I had a doctor one time going, hey man, when you shit, do you are you pushing? And I was like, yeah, of course, right? Like, I I shit the same way bouncers get people out of a bar at 2 a.m. Like, going like, all right, lights on, everyone fucking out. No, finish it, let's go. And I, well, I'll do that, too. I'll be like, oh, shit, I got a gig tonight. It's like, I don't want to have to shit the gig. I'll just push something out now, yeah. which is bad for you, apparently. You're supposed to wait. But they always say you're supposed to wait till it's about to come. I was like, well, what if that happens and there ain't no fucking toilet, you know? That's happened to me a bunch. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you're supposed to wait until it's about to... My daughter was... And I were at the airport. She was like... This is when she was a baby. She goes, I'm getting chili bumps. I go, what's that mean? She goes, it means I got to poop. I go, no, it doesn't. She goes, yeah, yeah. Now when you get chili bumps, it means you got to poop. That's what mom says. I was like, bullshit. So I take her into the bathroom and she shits immediately. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, a lot of women I talk to do that. They're just like... Because uh, I... That's maybe not, not something to brag about, but when I when I meet a girl, it's, we I start asking her about how she shits real fast, and they're always just like, "Well, when I have to, it's just like the, the way I brush my teeth, you know? Yeah. They don't analyze it for ten hours like I do, because I'll sit down, because I was like, I'll be like, you know, like I got shit to do. I, let me squeeze something out and be on there for a fucking hour. Yeah, you know, just like you know, pounding like, let's fucking come on, turds, get out of here. I've been having plaque build up on the back of my teeth, and I was like, and I pick, I just pick it off, and I just go as part of what i am and then my daughter was watching me brush my teeth she goes do you even brush the back of your teeth i was like yeah a little bit but i don't like go to town on them she goes she goes by the way this is how you brush the back of your teeth and showed me and i went oh i definitely don't do that she goes that might be why you're needing to put plaque off every month 
I was like, oh, fuck. And I just started doing that. And my, like, the, I can yeah, feel. Yeah, it's weird because if you don't learn something the correct way as a kid, you'll just do it the fucking. I wipe, I wipe from the front. Oh, that's fuck. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> Hold on. Let me think about it. Or maybe. Oh, you you mean between your legs? I go. Pull, I pull my balls to the side. Wipe. Oh yeah, that that ain't right. <laughs> does it get on your balls? No, I don't wipe that. No, I don't like pull it. I do like uh, like you're lighting a match. You know when you go like that. I go in and out. Do you, do you sometimes? Do you, this happens to me. Do you wipe too much? I just said this joke yesterday. It is Bob Biggerstaff's joke, and it is my favorite joke ever. You know who Bob Biggerstaff is? No. Comedian from Texas, lives in Houston, and his joke is my favorite joke. I've told Tom Segura how much I love this joke. Love this joke. Um, when I, Bob Biggerstaff goes, oh, when I wipe, it's super easy. Brown, 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 red, stop. <laughs> I think, well, what happens is I, sometimes I wipe too much, and you know, I'll be leaning on my left, because it's like, by the way, people say you're not supposed to do that. I'm like, just like. You're gonna, you're upset at me for cleaning my asshole out yeah. too well. And anyway, but I've had times where my left leg will go like go to sleep because I'm I'm leaning too much <laughs> and taking because I want to be fucking clean. Because yeah. if I got shit, it's wiping your ass is fucking weird when you think about it. Because if you got shit on your arm, yeah. someone took shit and like, or if your own shit even got on your arm, you wouldn't take toilet paper and wipe it off, right? No. And just go about your day. <laughs> You would wash your fucking arm. You'd go to the fucking hospital and get the fucking hose down. <laughs> it's so weird. It, when you, you get shit on your ass and you just like go, ah, that's good enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the, then your fucking ass cheeks squeeze together and all that shit. Oh, By dude. the way, as long as we're talking about that shit, this is a crazy story. Which And it's, not, and I, it's kind of embarrassing, but I'll just say it. Um, on the medical strain and shit and all that stuff. I'm, I swear to God, it's, it's not made up, but... um. What's that Saturday Night Live sketch? It was like a, the jizz in my pants. I don't know. Have you remember that song? Jizz oh yeah. Uh, Has that ever happened to you? Where I jizz in my pants? Yeah. Oh yeah. Because that it happened a couple months ago, and I fucking because anything with your dick or jizz or anything, it's the only time for women out there listening. The only time guys will be, you know, oh I'm going, I'm going to the doctor. I'm getting taking care of this. <laughs> yeah. I fucking jizzed him. Like I wasn't hard or anything. I just fucking jizz just came out. Wait, are you serious? Like precom? Yeah. Oh, I've had that a lot. You have had a lot. Okay. Oh yeah. yeah and then yeah, I yeah. go in there and because uh, I get really bad allergies and um. <laughs> you think your dick just is? And, uh, it's your allergies. It's no, no, it's not allergies. It's not allergies. I got no. a runny dick. No. <laughs> no, I wish it was allergies. No, so um, I, as the doctor, I so I was I take the really heavy allergy meds. He said it was the medication that was making me do that. Uh, oh really? Because I th- fucking thought like that's just gonna be the rest of my fucking life. I'm just gonna walk around. And not know when jizz is just going to fucking fly out of my dick. Oh, my big problem now is I take a piss and then I yeah, put my dick old, back man. in my pants and then it just, it's almost like there was a, there was a floodgate behind there and it goes, and I just, a, a solid amount of piss comes out. Yeah, that happened. That's happened to me. I mean, isn't it crazy what happens when you get older? That actually reminds yeah. me of a, a joke someone told me recently it was really funny. It was like an old guy sitting in a hospital bed and the, the, um, you know the doctor's like you know I goes I you've probably heard this joke he goes I need a blood sample a stool sample a urine sample and a semen sample and the old guy goes hey just take my underwear <laughs> <laughs> I always like that but it's like uh, that's how I, I feel like if I did that took my fucking undies off right now it would give me you oh could, you I could, don't wear underwear you don't wear underwear no that's my problem is that. Yeah, and that now that now if we're gonna go real deep into this, I'll tell you the other thing. Sometimes, like I, I have a real problem with hot sauce. 
Like a, a really, I feel like already before you tell the story, not wearing underwear and hot sauce is a bad combination. Really bad. So I didn't realize uh, this. This is probably when I was twenty four. I was in Aspen. I have two stories I want to tell you. Uh, I want I want to tell you this one, but I also want to tell you another one about Ari Shafir. Don't let me forget. So, so I was in Aspen, and I was just I love hot sauce. I love hot peppers, and I just sometimes I will just I will literally like fire hose shit out of my ass. It'll just spray the bowl, and I flush it. I'm good. So, uh, our buddy Trent goes gets into the bathroom. It's his apartment. And he's like. Uh, or it was our buddy Keith, and he's like, "Hey, did someone shit up under the seats?" <laughs> and I was like, "I was," and I, they were like, "No, no." And I was like, "Who just took a shit in there?" I was like, "I did, but I just shit. I didn't like. I don't. How would I get it under the seat?" And he goes, "That's what I'm asking. It's underneath the seat. It's all over it." And I was like, "No, that's impossible." And then they show me, and I realized, "Oh, it, it splattered. Up. Yeah. It bounced up." So then it came out with force. Yeah. So then I, I, I realize that happens. So if I shit in someone's other house's house and I and it I'll clean underneath the seat. I'll clean mine if, if sometimes it happens. So then cut to like probably like five years ago. By the way, I'm, I'm in my 30s. I realize that as I shit and splatter like that, it also gets all over my butt cheeks. <laughs> And so for the fucking whole time, I just would wipe my ass. And there is a cow spray of shit on my ass that I am ignoring. So when, when you wipe, you should have been wipe, actually wiping up the cheeks. I, and I, what's even funnier is I have a joke where I said, I took a shit so big I had to wipe my legs. And I should have been wiping my legs and my ass, oh, my, my whole area. So wait, this is the Ari Sphere. Do you know Ari well? No, I don't know. Oh, for real? He's fucking ridiculous. One of the most ridiculous. I feel, I feel like I've heard him on Rogan, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He is just a ridiculously. He sees the world through his own fucking view. We were just in Nashville last week. We were hanging out, talking about. He just he just disappeared for four months. Went to Asia and didn't talk to anyone for four months, and then just showed back up. And we were just talking about how like you tell people he was leaving. Or? Uh, no, just got up and left. He did his hour special. By the way, I think I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to do my hour special in February. I think I'm going to fucking bounce. I talked to Ari about it yesterday, and he's like, Dude, I was like, I might climb Mount Kilimanjaro just by myself. Just Yeah, it's good It's good to get away from people. I mean, like, just the idea that I I hope he did, you know, took away his fucking phone and all no that No phone, shit. no computer, no nothing. I need that. Yeah, I fucking need it. But anyway, go I on. need it, too. So I said to him, I said, yeah, it's, it's, is it hard to assimilate? He's like, no, but like my perspective has really changed, and I. So where did where did he go? Everywhere he landed in, fucking Micronesia, and then worked his way through Asia. Didn't make it to Vietnam, but then bounced because he had to do a, a record recording at Jack White's studio. So for this no third man, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he said to me yesterday. I said I said something about like, yeah, this business is really crazy. It does fuck with your head. And you do start seeing things like, I need to keep working. I need to keep working. And then he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he just says, I've been thinking about getting a dog walking job. And I go, what? And he goes, you know, a little pocket change wouldn't be bad. That's <laughs> like, awesome. But immediately I went, or you could just go do stand up for fucking 20 grand <laughs> and not wake up and walk other people's dogs. Or just go walk dogs. Get a fucking dog. Like it was the way he looked at it was like was like I should get like a day job because he's like he wants to live a real authentic life. He feels like he feels like he all his material is about is about is about 
of airplanes and hotels and agents and managers, and it's true. Well, it's it's funny you say that because yeah, my new record is really about being on the road, which I think is easy, probably easier in music because there's a lot of road records. You know, but it's, it's but so it, funny. I, I listened to a couple songs. Was that the Pornhub release? Uh, yeah, there was one song that we released on uh, Pornhub. I think I wonder if I sent you the copy of the new record. I don't know. I'll send it to you if I haven't. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying, which is especially nowadays. You know, you get the band, you get in a van or bus or whatever. And it's like you got your phone, everything. You're not really. I mean, you're on. You're physically on the road, but everyone can still contact. It's like you're not really on the road. And there's a a lady friend of mine in in uh, Nashville who's you know she just got she's doing. She just got a new job where she's like, um, and I try not to look at it this way, but she, you know, she's doing a job. She got a job where she's like helping, you know, troubled youth. Yeah. And I'm out, I'm on stage singing about fucking, you know, eating pussy and shit. I'm just like, what the fuck am I? <laughs> I try not to compare myself to people, but I'm just like, <laughs> as she comes home from you know work, you know, like, you know, I think I saved this guy's life. I was like, well, I, I had I signed a guy's arm, you know, eat a lot of pussy, and then write my name on it, you know. <laughs> keep eating that pussy or whatever it is i'm like and then you start thinking it then you're like well i guess you know i don't want that fucking job anyway so right you know, but it, it fucking it fucks with your i think it's again you know you just we were talking about that like i started that podcast and i didn't even hit me till because the first episode came out today and some one i already looked at one guy's just like fucking boring as shit and i was like if it, it hit me on the like on the way over here i was like fuck i just put something else out there that people can insult me about yeah, which wasn't my obviously my goal, but like, <laughs> obviously I don't know shit about podcasting. The point is just to get out there and because I'm trying to sell records and, and you know with in country playing real country music, which is basically an impossibility. So I'm like anything I can do that other people aren't doing, I'll do it. And then of course the first thing that comes out is just the fucking negative because it went pretty high on the podcast chart, and they're just you know. It's like you didn't deserve this. You're not. A po- I was like, I told, I'm not a fucking po- broadcast. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. Are, yeah. I'm, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Yeah. Obviously, Rogan's way better than me, but he, he's, you know, what are they called? They were the 10,000 hours. You yeah. Know, Rogan's, you know, tri- pr- tripled that probably, and I'm I'm 42 minutes in. The And, I, and I, I'll say this respectfully. I'd say this to Rogan, but, like, Rogan was at the very beginning of the genre. So I remember watching Rogan's podcast when they used to have snowflakes come down the screen because he was doing it, I think, on, on FaceTime or on, on – uh, on photo photo booth. Oh no way! Oh yeah, I remember. I remember the very beginning, and I remember they used to just re- read comments and reply to comments. And, and so everyone starts. And when I first did mine, my first one was better than my first, my next fifty. Like I did one when Joey Diaz came in and just owned it, and that, and then all of a sudden mine was at the top of the charts. Well, it's cool like, talking to you guys because you know I, I did Joey Diaz, who's now like my favorite person on on the planet. Um, and I told him I was going to do it. I'm just like you know. I I just listened. I was like, I think it's shit. He's like, telling me like his first. He's like, it started off like he didn't know what the fuck he was doing. It just takes a while to learn. I guess the problem is, you know, if you have a, I, I'm not that popular, but I got enough of a name that people are going to listen. Yeah, they're going to watch me. Fi- you know, fi- you know the the first few, which in a perfect world, no one would fucking hear that. So shit. wait, okay. So talk to me about like what was the. What was the I want to I want to go back to your podcast. Maybe I'll touch that real quick because you know, what I'd like to see is like Bird Cloud come on with you, and I'd like to see you guys jam a little bit and write in the moment and have fun and tell stories about the road. Like that's the fun thing is you get a like we all all comics come in and do is tell stories about the road and like like oh, well, that's why I lo- about- that's why I love yours is because I was listening to the last one. It's just I mean that's what I I'll say a few things. 
I, I think we talk the same way, which is we just preface it by saying we got like 12 things to say and then just go through them. Yeah. <laughs> but one of them was my big realization when I put out this record, which, you know, I like I thought I had like I walked out. I was like, "This is a fucking hit record," except it's got cunt and shit. I did actually not cunt, but you know, it's like, <laughs> this is a hit record I, I, except it's got cunt and shit. I was, um, you know, uh, people I, eat my asshole. Yeah, I mean, it's about eating my dad's ass and shit, like, or eating my girlfriend's dad's ass. I should be clear. And then I, I you know, and I was in the studio, and I'm like, and I looked at the guys, and I really had been out of kind of the way your buddy was talking about getting out of the world. I really had been out of mainstream country for years. I, yeah. we were listening back to "Fuck You, Bitch," and I go. God, what a pretty! I go, isn't this a bummer that you know because of the fucking bitch, it's not gonna. I go, take that out, and this would be a fucking hit. That's the one thing and, about like musically, musically, I feel I I I love that you take bold steps in what you do. The song I'm the song I'm referencing is uh, I fucking forget the name. Uh, Puss Pussy Boot Puss and Boots is Puss and Boots. Yeah. Puss and Boots is a really great written song. Oh, thanks. And, and 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 I. And I, part of me said when I first started listening to it, part of me goes, uh, part of me goes, um, I, w- I wish he, I, w- I wish he had done like other lyrics too. Also put in other lyrics too. And then I stopped and I went, whoa, 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 whoa! This is a Pornhub release. And I was like, wait, you know what's so funny? I've always wanted to do a comedy sketch porn. Like I've wanted to do a real legit porn and make it a comedy sketch. I've always wanted to do that. My original, but I don't have the balls. My original pitch to Pornhub was that I wanted to uh, walk into a porn. And just be like, you know, have my guitar and guys, hey, can you stop fucking for a second? I want to tell you and turn to the camera. I got to tell you about my new album that's coming out. And they yeah. were actually cool with it just because it's going to cost me a lot of money. I didn't have it. Because <laughs> I want, you know, uh, you know, guys watching with their fuck. Because you ain't going to forget that if your dick's in your hand watching, you know. Yeah. You'd be like, I'm going to check that guy out. And I and that's when when I watched that, I went, I went, you know what? I like the song. I like the fu- in a weird way. I like I like when I made the decision, I like I'm I'm going to because every songwriter, every country country artists i know in nashville is always just like every guy i meet same fucking stories like oh man i got 20 songs because you always write the you know the kind of that dirty shit i go i'm just gonna make an album i'm not gonna fucking censor myself at all and it wasn't the point was not to be dirty the point was just my first thought my right the original intention of that thought the the, which is the dirty you know the fuck you bitch thought yeah i don't want to change it to miss you girl or whatever it is and i was listening like i said to the playback of fuck you bitch and to me, it would sound like a hit. And the guys in the studio were like, "Have you listened to?" They just look at me like I'm like a moron. Like, "Have you heard country radio recently?" And, I, they, and they, the, the honest answer was no. And then I went. So right before the album came out, I spent like a day, you know, that like a week, just kind of keeping the pop country station on. Yeah. And it's and I like I said it on the other interviews. It sounded like fucking Millie Vanilli with a twang. I never, I didn't know it had gotten that because when I left, quote unquote, left the business, it tur- turned into just fucking pop. Pure fucking pop, and I had no idea. So then I start. What happened was I started doing, and I had a real country record. It was dirty, but it was real fucking country. And I'm going around doing all this press, and I start naming the shitty artists, and I just start going crazy because I don't give a fuck. I feel like it's ain't gonna sell anyway. And all of a sudden, I become it becomes like, man, this fucking wheel walker junior. All people Nashville have been complete. You know the purists have been cl- com- complaining about this for years, and but they're like, no artist would ever say it. And I was the guy who was actually, you know, naming names, and uh, I didn't think it was going to be that big of a fucking deal until I guess I start getting messages from so, you know, so and so's 
manager wants you to knock it off. Or so-and-so's agent says, you know, that's really? enough. Yeah, they start going after me. To anyone you can talk about? Because I, I went to the Country Music Awards. No, 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 no. Uh, the Whatever the big thing in Nashville is uh, that's not Country Music Awards. I forget what it's called. Oh, I went to that, too, and I actually – I went to the CMT Awards. Were you at, were you at that? No, uh, I don't know what it was. It's like a whole week of festival of country music. And, oh, the uh, CMAs. Yeah, maybe they yeah. have like a CMA where they do like at the at the at the football stadium. They have the, the football stadium, and then they do all around Nashville's. All we went to that. Yeah, and I was I, was, I rolled in very arrogant. Um, it's really interesting. I said to myself, uh, "This isn't my this. What is country music?" And I, I say this respectfully. If you're, if you're, uh, uh, who's the guy um, with the fucking beanie, or who's the guy with the oh Zach Brown? Yeah, like Zach Brown. I, I, I appreciate what you do. I'm just, it just doesn't connect with me. I, and I'm, I'm not shitting on him, but it just like, it does seem a, it, a little like Biebered out for country music. By the way, the bassist John was in a band called uh, the Woodpeckers when I was in college. That's the bassist for the Zach Brown band. And that guy's fucking an amazing artist. Yeah, I actually met Zach a couple times. A super cool dude. But um, I know what you're saying, which is I don't think he would take it as an insult. It's like when I see him, it's a little more on like a Dave Matthews kind of thing than, right. than like country. But like it's it's category. I don't know how they picked the category, but categories. But to me, he, like because those guys are such a fucking bad, badass players, it doesn't bother me. Like yeah. I'm talking about the guys who it's literally it's like Bieber, but with like. Some guy with a fucking, you know, it's like a guy, you know, who's going to be the next Bieber and they tell him, uh, you know. Uh, Just do country. It'll sell better. They go, you know what? In the world of Bieber, you can't sell shit. It's almost I think of country nowadays as the B leagues. It's like, you know, you can't sell. You can't compete with Adele. I don't want to hear your real voice. Don't you have something about a truck? Yeah. But like, you got to have something about a you truck. Can, you can't you can't compete with Bieber and Adele and yeah. all these people. And they go, where are you from? It's like, you know, I was, you know, I'm from New York, but I was born in Georgia. And they go, and their eyes bulge out. Like, you're fr- you're born in Georgia. We can put that on a the thing, and it won't be a lie. Yeah, it's it's what they tried to do with Taylor Swift. They tried to make Taylor Swift as uh, I in the back door swing, and then your mama don't know. I actually love, and I, and I get. By the way, I like. T- by the way, I like Taylor Swift. People country. make fu- people make fun of me, but I love uh, my my favorite Taylor Swift album is the pop one. Really? Yeah, because yeah, I, I was like, it's just she's just doing pure pop. I, I'm a fan of Taylor Swift. I like, I liked, it. but I, and I liked her country when she was country. I liked that too. I didn't dislike it. I only know it through my daughters. But, but, yeah. what, but one of the things that bummed me out in this festival is that there were a lot of bands where you just like, you're like, like, like I ran into uh, big, big country, uh, big, big, big small town. Small, a ba- little big town. Little big town. A little big towns backstage in Zanies, and uh, and they're about to do a show with Josh Wolf, and Josh Wolf wants to do some song parodies, and I say to little, I'm just going to collect my shit because all my stuff's back there, and I say to little big town, you know, and I'm sure everyone's recollection will always be different about this, but I go, why don't you sing a song called the Hebrew Cowboy, and they're like, what? And I was like, yeah, like. Like I'm a rhinestone cowboy, Hebrew cowboy, and so they start playing it, and they start laughing immediately because they're, they're like they can play it perfectly, and that he's the he. They were going to play it for themselves or for for Josh. I said know? play it for Josh when you go out, and then they're like, we can't do that, we can't do that. It's almost like, and I go, trust me, do it. Josh texts me, he goes, Hebrew cowboy was a fucking hit. They Crazy. loved it. Yeah, you know what's funny, but I know the gig you're talking about because Josh asked me. It was a, he said he was doing a live podcast with yeah. Little Big Town. Yep. Well, no. He what he said was, "I'm doing a live podcast. Can you be on it?" And then, 
I checked my email with, before I even got done reading it was like little big town just said, yeah, you know, you've been bumped my friend. Uh, yeah. Faster than you could read the fucking email, little big town, you know, beat you yeah. to it. But they're very nice people, but but their sensibility was stay away from your authentic voice and do what sells. That is the it is the fucking book that I, I fucking tell I don't know where I put it. It's uh it's right there. It's it's that silver book right behind you. See that silver book? This? Yeah, yeah. This, have you ever read this book? No, what is it? This is the War of Art. And it's by uh by Stephen Pressfield. Yeah, a lot of and, my, I've got a lot of country, you know, songwriter friends who've written, you know, big hits for Little Big Town. And my my issue with that is honestly, and people don't believe me now when I say, it, but like, I dig Little Big Town, but they sound more like Fleetwood Mac to me than just be who you, be who you are. And I'll bet it's not really having to do with them. I'll bet it's the the label saying, you know, you're based out of Nashville, so you gotta. I mean, I'm friends with the guys in Kings of Leon. They're from Nashville, and I love they, Kings of Leon. And they um. I think they, it took some pushing for them to kind of get where they were. Um, I think th- the first instinct was you're, you know, you sound like you're from the south and you're from Nashville. Why don't you uh, kind of do? And you and your brother, the drummer, but you both sing. Why don't you do country? It just didn't. It wasn't a natural fit. And it's actually kind of badass. They they signed a record deal. They said we're not a duo anymore. We're a band. Yeah. Who's your band? They go. It was the, the two brothers. They go. Our third brother and our cousin. That's the four of us. That's the band. And yeah. there's like kind of no negotiations. They didn't tell the, the label at the time that their other brother, the bassist, and their cousin, the guitar player, neither one of them knew how to play an instrument. <laughs> so they signed that deal, and they, they're just like, we're going to do it as a family. You know, that's how we're going to do it. And they just fucking figure, you know, they yeah. learned to play. They um, figured it out and kind of had kind of a, um, you know, they, they forged their own sound trying to like learn how to play their Kings of Leon's badass. Fucking it's, yeah, I mean now they're playing fucking uh, but but arenas. What you I think what you're saying is, is so fascinating to me. And I don't think I realized it. I I loved the the last album you put out. I have it on my phone. I listened to it. I legit listened to it probably as much as I listened to Hank Three, um, Wilco. Um, but like Wilco's another example of just everyone wanted to call them alt country or whatever the fuck they're and they're like whatever we do what we do these are this, these are my songs these are my voice and when I do stand up sometimes I go like I go I can't believe I'm telling a hand job joke about my wife like I can't believe that I'm not thinking like I watched Nate Bargatze who I'm sure you know you know Nate I don't know oh he's so fucking funny and I watched him at the Ryman with Angela Johnson. And I thought to myself, why aren't you smarter, Bert? Why aren't you doing more smart? Like, this is really fun watching him. Well, to, uh, let me say that to this to you is when I became a fan of yours, I mean, and just to make, uh, I don't want you to get too down on yourself. So that's what I'm saying. It's like, what I see, I just see a really fucking authentic guy when I see you. So it's like, I feel like what what drew me to you a little bit was kind of, um, I think, and I probably had a lot of a lot of guys have that. It's like, oh, I want to be that because a lot of people think I missed. You know, stars will show up at my shows and be like, oh, I got to run a fucking party with Wheeler Walker Jr. Yeah. And I just a lot of the times I just want to fucking go home. But I gotta. But, but I feel like you're genuinely like the fun because no one says, oh man, you got to hang with Wheeler, man. He's a real fun guy. <laughs> Most of them just you know he's a fucking prick. But I feel like you're that guy that a lot of, you know, man, he's a a fucking blast. And I'm I'm definitely not a blast, you know. Yeah. Um, which people I want. I'm saying that to hopefully get the word out so people leave me the fuck alone. Because <laughs> uh, people show, you know, big stars will show up, you know, with their fucking posse, you know, and drugs and shit. That's like, dude, I, I went to the CMT Awards and my aunt, my 
all my mom's side of my family is all from Nashville. And they still yeah. live there. So, is your brother in the industry? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Not not that much. Yeah. Um, but I was so all my family's in Nashville, and my aunt. I didn't want to deal with traffic for the CMT awards. The deal with the CMT awards is a. Uh, uh, the requirement it was the first award show i was invited to because they want to they want to keep me away obviously because i'm fucking shit on all everything they're doing but but to go into the I cmt that, awards is, the, the cmt awards is you if you have a top 10 chart if you're if you have an album in the top 10 on the billboard country charts you have to they have to let you in yeah my album was the top 10 album so they had to let me in and once i found out that they had to let me in but didn't want me there i'm like i'm fucking showing up and i knew traffic would be bad around bridgestone arena and shit so i just I was at my aunt and uncle's house. I had my aunt drop me off, and uh, we had dinner, and then she dropped me off, and I got my food to go because we were in a hurry, and I'm doing the red carpet and shit, and all. I swear to God, all I'm thinking about is, like, I got a fucking killer dinner at my in my aunt's fridge back, back fucking home. Yeah. And I'm trying to act like, you know, fuck country, you know, badass country guy, and all I'm thinking about this fucking awesome chicken dinner that's sitting in my aunt's fridge, and if I get out of here, once I get out of here, I can just fucking go eat. Yeah. And I'm sitting, and the fucking show opens. The CMT Awards, which by the way, shouldn't, sh- I don't think CMT really plays video. It should be like about their reality shows. The show opens with fucking Pitbull. What? And I'm like, what the fuck is going Yeah, so opened with. I've is seen, this, is I've, this real? I swear to God. Yeah. And um, I've seen Pitbull live in concert. Um, and uh, I had a video, and I, so I started recording stuff on my um, Instagram. And one of my Instagram videos kind of, I guess, went viral, which is when Florida Georgia Line started playing. It was a band I kind of ripped on a lot. Who, Some other people did come after me. I just put the phone on myself, and you could watch me watching Florida Georgia Line. I looked like I, looked like I, I was, like, diarying. <laughs> and that, that video got, like, most of my videos on Instagram probably get, like, 100 views. That one got, like, 50,000 or whatever. Because yeah. watching me watch Florida Georgia Line sing – the worst fucking song I've ever fucked. I mean, I don't know why. I guess because it's got Florida and Georgia in the name. It's country music, but I don't know what the fuck that's. What's country about that? But you want me, if you want me to name names, I will say I will say one thing too. Is there's this a, uh, and I, I appreciate this dude for doing it. Is most of the time they'll go through their people, but one guy actually sent me. I didn't even know you could send direct messages on Instagram. Here's how I found out you could. I saw a little. <laughs> I didn't a, know you could. I saw a little dot on my thing. I was like, just said one. I click on it, and it was this guy. There's a there's a new artist who's this kind of pop guy, and he's kind of like he raps and stuff, and he's and he's a uh, his name is Kane Brown, and he sent me a direct message on Instagram saying that um, you know, kind of letting me know you know it's like I think it's you know, I hear what you're saying, buddy, you know, but like you know, he didn't say fuck off, but I felt he basically told me you know in so many words like you know I hear what you're saying and you know you think you're so cool, but. I, and I took it. I actually, I I took it as a comp. I was like, I he does country. Yeah, he's got like a giant. He's got a fucking Batman tattoo that covers his old chest, kind of like Waylon did. No, I made that part. <laughs> um, so anyway, I I let him know, and I was honest when I said this. Like, you're the fir- out of every fucking artist whose people have come after you, you're the first one who came after me yourself. And I respect for just saying it yourself and not yeah. having a fucking publicist or something call me and say it. I said, um, I'll always, you know. I think that's cool of you to just fucking come at you know. He's a good looking dude. He does country though. He doesn't look like he'd do country. Well, that's kind of the, my point. But he does. It does not, I don't think it is really country. But anyway, I ran into him in Nashville recently and I took a picture with him. We were both hanging out and having fun. And um, of course, I post a picture and everyone's like, "Oh, you fucking sell out." I was just like, he was a. I thought it was. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, this I see. I see its marketability. 
immediately. Okay, I, I mean, yeah, I, I'd have to. I'll have to listen to some just because you know I'm talking about him. But he, um, well, the, I, you know, the thing I thought it was cool. Like, I don't know if that was the right way to do it, but I just felt I didn't do it in a way of like you know, just to get out of it. I was just like, he's like, and he kind of and he wrote me back. He's just like, you know, I do, I love your no, don't give a fuck attitude, you know, but kind of in a way of saying like, you know, but. It was his, I'm going to stick up for myself. You know, I'm not yeah. going to have my people come after you. So I just kind of, I gave him a kind of a, a bit of a pass on that. You know, well, I like. I, and now but, a lot of country artists are, are kind of, uh, going out. To, you know, like making jokes with me. Yeah. To kind of ward me off. You know, early. You know, like Brad Paisley was kind of fucking with me on Twitter. And I guess I don't know the dude, so I assume he was joking but yeah I, may, I think maybe a friend said this and i think he's right he was probably doing it so like to try to get me to not fucking rip on him you know i think people are doing things now to have me not to get in front of the bus yeah exactly it's like ralphie doing a fat joke you totally yeah 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 and so yeah it, well it's it's interesting there is you know because that's I, also because i also feel weird about not to interrupt was i don't want to be known as the bully of country music it's just I sit down in interviews, and what I was going to say before about the podcast thing was, you know, I had this great album, which I thought was, like I said, was I thought was a hit, and we start doing press, and no one will fucking have me, and it kind of accidentally was like this. There's this whole world of podcasting which is bigger than the fucking mainstream media, very much so, by far, and people don't believe me. I'm, I'm telling you, I can show you fucking numbers. Um, oh, not, I, I, not I, everyone is Rogan, but I mean, there's guys who are fucking. I mean, Joey Diaz was fucking huge, and. You got a huge. There's a lot of. Sh- there's, you can you can bypass the mainstream media by doing all these podcasts and shit. That's how I became friendly with all this this group, and it's been a, it's been the coolest thing because I do it all independently, and I can I have now an outlet now of like um, all these people I can talk to, to you know, and because st- I don't want to do fucking Fallon, you know, and they, so, yeah. any more than they don't want to have me, you know. So girl was the first one that told me. I said something about uh, waking up early for media, and he was like, "What? Well, how how many people?" It was just, it was just, just so everyone knows it wasn't like Philly, Tampa, DC, or LA. It was a different market. It was like somewhere. It was. I'll tell you, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Toledo. I think it was yeah, definitely Toledo. And I woke up early to do press. It was a it was a country station, and the guy had me on for ten minutes. And I thought, what does this do for me? My podcast gets much more view, hit, hits than this guy's fucking radio show. show. And they're real people. They're real. That's the other advantage, by the way, when, when they talked me into the podcast, I was like, if that, cause I, and I'll never forget this, was I, I did, uh, when I did Rogan, I talked to him a little bit afterwards, and I'm just like, I was complaining how I did to get up at, at whatever, six in the morning and do radio. Which he I doesn't fucking, do, he doesn't do radio I anymore. Fucking, and he's like, oh, he, he's like with my podcast side. And then when I saw the numbers, I was like, "No shit, he, he's bigger than all of them combined times a hundred. I said, "I said, and I'm like, if him, this could get me out of getting up early before shows, I go. It was fucking. I was like, because the first, my first day of my first tour on the first rec, on the last record was um, the first show was Dallas, and we had the show wasn't sold out, so we had a an, a radio interview at seven a.m. Mm-hmm. The, fir- the first fucking day of the tour for the new record. Wake up eleven a.m. You know, overslept." Like, it's 11 a.m. I'm already – I was supposed to be there four hours before I call up the radio station. Like, hey, it's Wheeler. I'm a little bit late. And they're like, a little bit late? There's been two more fucking shows on since you were supposed to be on. I was like, well, you know, do you want me to come in anyway? And and he actually said, we don't want you to fucking come in. It's like, 
you're calling us four hours after you were supposed to fucking be here. <laughs> and just, I just put the phone down. I just went back to bed. I'm like, is this going to happen every fucking city? But, there, but here's my question. What happened to country music? Because that was the mandate for country music. There was a period of time, I'd say in the 70s, six, 70s probably, I'm guessing, yeah, with I, the Johnny Cash um, uh, fucking... Uh, I can't remember. I can't believe it. David Allen Coe, uh, Waylon Jennings, Waylon Willie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, that's my thing is too. And they, I want to say they called it outlaw country. It was. Like outlaw. They couldn't just let it be country. They had to stamp it being something different than what it was. Well, it was outlaw because everything in Nashville was. I mean, it was the same story, but back then it was instead of synthesizers and stuff, it was all a lot of strings and you know really sappy yeah. kind of like over overly orchestrated you know country, which people got sick of that. And then what happened was a. Uh, Waylon and Willie just said fuck this yeah. they both I think maybe separately both just moved back to Texas and they're like we're just playing guitar bass pedal steel drums and and just you know keeping it simple and, and it seems like that's which, just, but, which is kind of their, their 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 version of doing punk rock which is that's the first music I really got into it was just like there's something here you know and David Allen Coe I was introduced to in 1991 and yeah he, I opened up a couple shows for him he's yeah are you serious yeah. He's fucking fascinating. He they would play him when we cleaned our fraternity house that on Saturdays. That's all they would allow us to listen to is David Allen Coe. So I know every single every single fucking song. The dirty shit or like he doesn't do the dirty shit live, by the way. Ah, uh, no n words. No, yeah, I think I'll bet someone said you know maybe that's not the best thing for. A, <laughs> there was a. There, yeah. There was a. I don't know this artist's name. I would not recommend him to anybody. And, um, and I should, I will just say that uh, there was a, there was a, a very, very, very racist uh, country singer, Junior something. I forget his name. And one of my people I worked with, I won't name them, uh, had it on his phone and he played it on the car radio. He goes, you guys, you guys mind if we listen to a little country? And I was like, oh, I love country. So we're in the back. And it is literally the most racist. And, but here's the thing, man. The, we just are listening, and it's like it's like ain't no n word gonna come into my yard. I mean, it's it's, it's weird how much you let because it, it. Well, that was my thing too. It's like people would the first reviews obviously were just like it's kind of like David Allen Coe, and they're, they're like I think people would grab it like oh cool here comes the n word, but the, yeah, had nothing to do with that really. It really was just like I have my freedom. I'm paying for the record myself. I can just fucking. Say whatever the fuck I want, and I'm always curious, like what those outlaws would have done if they had Johnny Rebel. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Johnny know. Rebel, Johnny Rebel. I just texted the guy who played it, and it, and I was like, "What was the name of that racist guy you played?" And he just wrote back, "I, th- I want to say Johnny Rebel." That's a weird text again in the ma- middle of the day. Like, what's what was the name of that redneck? <laughs> I mean, what's the name of that racist guy? Um, yeah, but I, a lot of the actually a buddy of mine who's friends with with Co. Re- got like kind of egged him on to do a video and sent me the video of Data on Co going, Wheeler, you fucking ripped me off, man. I'm fucking pissed. But I, I think he was egged on to, I don't think he really gave a shit, but I was just, my point was just, I was like, all I'm doing is just the original, like when a girl dumps me and I'm and under my breath when she leaves, I'm just like, fuck you, bitch. You know? Yeah. Like, that's how I felt at the moment. I was like, what if I, it didn't feel like a great fucking revelation. What if I just recorded that? Yeah. Instead of the, you know, the, the third, you know, the cleaning it up version. Like I'll bet people will. Well, that's what, that's what we do in comedy. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what we do. Well, in I got comedy. pissed off. I got really pissed off that they that they because my album is a, to me it's just a country album, but it's it's uncensored country. I don't call it anything but that. And I got really pissed when it was on the 
because they just hear dirty words in country, which is different than in hip hop, I think, because you can hear them clearer. Yeah. And they categorized it in, on the Billboard charts as country and also as comedy. And when people called up. I started yelling about how I, this is not comedy. It's not what I'm doing. It's just it's a country record. I don't know. And I, and bef- I kept yelling. And before I was like, it actually hit me. I go before I keep yelling. Where where what number am I on the comedy charts? Like, <laughs> and they go number one. And I go, well, just well, then fine, let's just keep it. You know, so I, so I, so I, I can say I have a number one record. Yeah. And then they said last because last year, what is 2017? Yeah, 2016 because they classified it as comedy. I had the second best selling comedy album in America last year. That's fucking amazing. Which is again, it's it's a it's an album about heartbreak and being pissed off and you know be, being alone and being frustrated with your life. And it kind of puts things in perspective because you, you go, I was like, I'm going to make an unsaid, I'm going to put, put my heart there, I'm going to make an unsaid record, and I'm going to just tell you about my life with, no, with, with my guards down. And they go, that's a great comedy record. You know, it's like that's my, what, my, my, my life story, uncensored, is categorized as a fucking comedy, you know? kind of pissed me off. But why wouldn't they do that? Like, so I, I, would, I find it, I would laugh probably more I don't know any of Florida Georgia songs. Well, that's um, what I used to always say. I was like Florida, that should be fuck. Florida Georgia line should be comedy because it's almost like it's almost so predictable sometimes. Singing about their fucking truck. Yeah, I mean, like they you know, it's like uh, rappers on you know rapping. I mean, this like this guy's now fucking. Uh, so we did an episode of my podcast yesterday where I talked to Cowboy Cerrone. You know him? Yeah, of course. On, on, yeah, you know, he's a big fan. So. I only can get people on my podcast who are fans, and he was like talking about you. Know, he was like talking about how much he hates that. He he loves you know the real shit, country wise, and uh, he's a cowboy. Um, he's like just talking about how much he hates that fucking you know. Because I you know, basically I'm this I love hip hop. You know, like if I want to listen to hip hop, I'll listen to NWA. I'll listen to Run DMC. Yeah, I don't want to listen to fucking uh, Florida. You know. Some, Florida Georgia line. There's the 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 I think uh, not uh, little Yachty is the Florida Georgia version of I oh, really? think I don't know I can't listen to it. Well, there's a quote I've been I've been using for a long time is this guy I know Chris Shiflet who uh, he's a guitarist for the Foo Fighters and he has a podcast where he he's really into country and actually just made a solo country album. He has a podcast where he interviews country artists and Steve Earle who's one of my favorite artists was on there and he basically. The, I forget the exact quote, but what he's basically Steve Earls, you know, this guy who just does his own fucking thing and writes great songs and plays yeah. what I consider real country. And they, Chris asked him what you know, asked Steve Earl, like, what do you, th- how would you describe today's country music? And he goes, it's hip hop for white people who are scared of black people. That's fucking brilliant. And it hit me like a like a like a br- ton of bricks. And I, then I I repeated that quote on Rogan. And once you say something on Rogan, it's fucking everywhere. And I said. I'll have to check, but I'm almost positive I said it was a Steve Earle quote. Yeah. Because I kind of felt mixed feelings. Like, I didn't want to t- t- put something out. But it's like, if he said it in public, you know. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. want to put him out. You don't want to put Steve Earle out for sound and say, saying something. You don't mind owning it, but it was the inspired by what I he don't said. Want, yeah. I don't want to steal his quote, but I also don't want to get him in trouble if it's something he didn't want – if he wanted to say on a smaller pot, you know. Yeah. In a smaller environment. But there's 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 just racial overtones to what's happening, which is – and Rogue, when I pl- – when we was in the studio with Rogan, we played a Florida Georgia Line video because I hadn't even seen much. And he's and Rogan's first reaction was just this cultural, what's the term? Cultural, cultural appropriation. They're just stealing it, which is 
again, it puts you into a weird area about, you know, country music just does not like it's so safe that you can't talk about any of that shit. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you know, there's what what I think is 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 an interesting subject is there are a lot of like hip hop and country music are made for the same financial demographic of both different races. I mean, hip hop technically is made. They it comes from poor black people. That's where all, all hip hop. And you very seldomly do you get a wealthy like one of Cosby kids getting in. One of Cosby's real kids becoming a hip hop producer. Usually, it, it is comes from the streets. They probably, they probably all try, it, but yeah, yeah, they probably try, but they don't. You know, that's why we haven't heard an album from Will Smith's son. Instead, he's I, I don't know what he is, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean that disrespectful. But like, he's more of like an. Well, there's the a reason why scene. you don't have him the cover of Rolling Stone, like with his son going best album of the year, you know, yeah, the, the greatest hope of music in a long time. You just you got to naturally have it, and uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of what and and and, and culturally, uh, country music comes from poor white people, and so but what happens is, and I, I think this is an interesting correlation, you find that uh, wealthy uh, big business sees that something's popular and that you can oppress a person and take a poor black person and then go, you know what sells is if you're uh fucking Superman M hoes or whatever. And then, and they do the same thing to both genres go sell trucks, sell cars, sell whips, uh, d- uh, uh chicks in short booty shorts, chicks in short booty shorts. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? Well, that's, that's exactly what happened in country too, is, which is also that's like, they also found out that people, a lot of country music listeners don't have that much money. And a lot of them have old fucking cars, and they they have C- they with CD players in them. Like this this form of music, you know this this way you make music, you distribute music is dying. But we got a few breaths left in it. These basically what they're saying is these poor rednecks are still buying CDs. Yeah, what are they buying? They're buying country. So let's fucking shove this new Sam Hunt CD into into Walmart or Florida Georgia, whatever it is. It's just like, and you brand it. Yeah, you brand it. You you find the thing. We were. I was saying this. I was saying to Ari, and I was. We were talking. Uh, we were at. Uh, I don't. I don't mean this to sound disrespectful because it, it isn't. But we were going. We were at Larry the Cable Guy's show, and I and he said a joke, and I went, "God damn it! That is a that is that joke." I can see how that really appeals here, but it, I would lose the audience of my show if I said that exact same joke. And then Ari was like. Yeah, he goes, you look at comedy, and I guess at a certain level, you just almost, you get so big that you just become a brand stamp for what those people support, like what, where where they can come in and get it. And I went, and I said, I'm so glad I'm not there. And Ari laughed, and he goes, you perform shirtless and drink nonstop. You are a fucking walking brand. He was like, that's yeah. why Tito's is sending you snowboards. I never that's- understood why he was the cable guy. No one's explained that to me. Uh, I don't that was his, uh, it was a character he did uh, when he'd call in. He'd say, "Hey, this is Larry the Cable okay. Guy." So I never, I never, I'd seen him perform. I was like, "He ain't fixing the fucking cable on stage." No, he was, dude. We had a great time with him. We ended up meeting. I heard he's a good dude. He's you know, the greatest. You know what's, what's funny is, so growing up, I never saw any comedy. The only comedy I would see, it's almost like I'm from the 1800s or something. You would occasionally like these kind of like. That redneck, like redneck tours. Who, who knows? For all I know, I could have been seeing Larry the Cable Guy in early. It was like a lot of old guys in overalls, kind of doing like old. It was like almost at a movie theater. They would like put put the stage out of the way or the th- the screen out of the way, and these guys would just kind of come out, like kind of like cliche looking, like shirt off, overalls, yeah, like one tooth until 
It's like a traveling review. I would see that kind of shit around. Well, I think what happens is you start as something original and then like Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy's career is an interesting career because it started in the 80s in Florida. He's from I think he's from Sanford or that's where he lived. And he was calling into radio stations. We were talking about it. And he was saying, oh, yeah, I remember getting out of radio stations and during the break calling into other radio stations because he'd, he'd do his shtick on the show. Oh, okay. And he got really big in the Southern Circuit. And then that was his thing is he would go in and hop around. And then I think once he did the the Blue Collar Comedy Tour, I can see like brands like Bud Light going, that's our guy. Stamp. And then all of a sudden, they put the money behind I don't, I don't, by the way, I'm, I'm speculating because I don't know, and he didn't tell me any of this. But yeah, but it's also, you gotta look at it from both ways, I guess, too, which is when I make fun of that kind of shit. It's like, you got from his perspective, it's just like, what are you gonna do? Turn down oh, five million bucks or whatever no, the not fuck at all. it was? You you know, know? Jim Norton Jim Norton used to have a joke. Uh, he was like, the front, the Seinfeld turned down X amount of dollars. Let me tell you something. For that much money, you could put me in a sitcom called Jim Fucks His Mom Again. <laughs> and, and it's one of my favorite because I was, I was like, yeah, because there is a point. Like I saw I, – I don't say I – I definitely walked – I turned my back on comedy for seven years, meaning I did not focus on it the way I should have for seven years of my life and took money and, and for a corporation and said, I want – I want security. What, I do you, want, what do you mean took money from a corporate? Travel Channel. I, I took okay. X amount of dollars a year, a, a guarantee, a signed guarantee for that seven years. Or ultimately, it came out to like seven years, maybe a little more. So that, you, what do you mean you were, you, were, you, were, you that left you no time for anything uh, else, that show? Barely any. I would travel two weeks uh, a time to shoot two episodes. I was doing 26 episodes a season. So, I mean, automatically, that's like more weeks than we have for – for the year, and then I'm trying to do stand up. And when I say trying to do stand up. Was it good money, Travel Channel? Yeah, it was, pretty, yeah, it was really good money. I mean, obviously, you must have been if you did it for the. Uh, it was really good money, but it, uh, it wasn't. Oddly enough, I'm making more money now. So looking back on it, it wasn't enough. You basically did it for the money, but it wasn't enough, probably. I did it for, the, I did it for short money. I looked at short money. I was like, uh, my goals were I want a house, uh, I want a house, and I want to, I want breathing room. So I was making, before I got on Travel Channel, I was making. I want to say $2,000 a week on the road doing stand-up. I was headlining for $2,000 a week and uh, <clears throat> maybe selling some merch. And then maybe got to like maybe, – maybe when I first started Travel Channel, I could make four grand. That's, a, that's really high. That's a real high estimate, but like four grand. And then the first deal at Travel Channel was, was uh, a considerable upgrade for that. And I looked at it per week. I went per week I can make that versus that and then I thought and and I did this for two years I did I do travel channel and then I'd go do stand up I do travel channel Monday Tuesday Wednesday fly to do stand up and then come home Sunday go out again was killing you to do it though what's that so it was killing you to do it That's it was, it was at one point I sat in the back in the green room and I was focusing because I knew I had to deal at showtime to shoot a special but I was doing I was doing birth conquer and then and then the other thing is is if you worked enough you could get the network into penalty into penalties so if they overworked you outside of your contract you got double the money every time you did a show and so i was in penalties and i was like fuck it i'm milking it all and i'm trying to be on the road my stand-up was so fucking uninspired it was going into the same markets and doing a lot of the same material well at least i mean on a positive at least you fucking know when you're at least when you're 
phoning it in, you know it. Because there's a lot of people who probably don't know when they're fucking phoning it in. Oh, I was shooting. There were times where I was shooting Travel Channel at the day and then going to the comedy club at night and doing the weekend at the night. I'd find out I was going to be in Pittsburgh or in Atlanta, and I'd go, put me in the comedy club at night. So I was waking up at 6 in the morning, shooting until fucking 5, and then going to have dinner, going to the club and doing two shows, getting to bed at 2, waking up at 6. It was just like and – I, and I and I, I said to Bill and Bill and Joe were like, dude, like, hey, how much money do you need? Like, how what's what's your nut? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I did a, a to make this new record. I did an album and a tour back to back, which apparently you're not supposed to do. And I got real sick from that. I I and I asked a lot of musicians. You know, have you ever gotten you know sick on the? They're just like you know, all the. It's like dude. they're like it's mental. It's physical. It's like I I would to go to the go to the hospital like you know get dehydrate you know get hydrated and everything because I I was just I was. I made, I wrote and recorded an entire record, and then did an entire southeastern tour. And I was, and I got home, and I was just, I was, I was just like, I got on my couch, I couldn't move. Oh, I, well, my, mine, mine uh, present themselves in like mental breakdowns. Really? Yeah, like, like uh, I had a. The reason I'm in therapy is, uh, I had a spin out in Knoxville in a hotel room where I, where I was, I'd gone in to shoot something in Knoxville. And I was shooting all day, and then and obviously this is you still part- shooting that show by the way. No, okay. I love, I'm not with Travel Channel anymore, um, and so I then was supposed to just fly to L.A. for two days, and then I think I was going to like Asia and or or Fiji or Hawaii. I was going across, going in that direction, um, and they were like, "Hey, we need you to fly here for reshoots for something." And then we'll fly to Asia. And then I was like, hold on, I haven't seen my family in like... And by the way, I'd done two weeks on the road, flown to Knoxville, done five days. And then my two days with my family, and then I was going to fly out. And I just fucking melted down. I melted down like a really unhealthy way. And- yeah, I mean, having it break in a mental form is worse. I mean, compared to what you're talking about, I actually feel good. Mine was was physical. I'd much rather have that. Cause oh, what I had happened, fi- what I've happened physical was- too. <laughs> well, okay. Keep going. Keep going. I was, I was no, just going to say, I um, what happened was... um. I was so sick. I just drove myself to the emergency room. Really? And then they put me all. You know, they, like you know, you have a, you know, whatever exhaust, whatever it was, exhaustion kind of thing. I think, I think they thought it was just because I, I said I just got off a tour. Their assumption was, you know, you got a beard, you're on tour. It was drugs. They didn't really yeah. test me for that. They just, you know, they they really put the IVs in me and re, and got the fluids back in. My cousin came and you know very sweet of her to come and uh, kind of take care of me and we went out to the parking lot she's like where's your car like i don't know i got had the ticket in my thing yeah and i was like you know what you know what lot this is we couldn't find my car what happened was and I, this is how sick i was i drove myself to the fucking hospital and i left my car in a garage like five blocks away and i left the car with the windows down running because my cousin i was the next i went home that night i just slept for another 24 hours at least and she called the number on that ticket. She had the ticket. It's like, yeah, there's a car in here. That's been, windows down running. Been in here for two days. And she went and grabbed it for me. That's how Holy sick I was. Shit. I just got out of the car at the hospital. And just, I didn't even think to even turn my car off, much less to put the windows up. And no one took the fucking car. I just walked. In, I just basically walked in the hospital like I, I needed help. You know. Holy shit! Yeah, that. <clears throat> I'm. Uh, I have one weekend. I have one, next weekend. Uh, this weekend coming up is my last run 
And then uh, I'm taking two weeks off and then going to party with Stanhope for a week. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, Stanhope became friendly with the Bird Cloud. Yeah, they, I, I've never I, met him before. Oh, God, you'd fucking love him. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. the best. He really is the best. Um, but yeah, I uh, I had one spin out that was pretty bad. Uh, like it always starts, it, we're not certain if it's my thyroid or if I'm a little bit uh, off kilter. Like I, I definitely have had moments where I am explaining to my wife that I am the Messiah. Like, <laughs> what's why would that? Th- why would that be thyroid? I don't know because they say that you're an overactive thyroid. Our overactive thyroid makes you think you're the Messiah. It, may, it basically. So if you have an inactive thyroid, you gain weight, and if you have an overactive thyroid, it can make you have it. Make it has it mimics signs of being bipolar. And so okay. I went to the. Do doctor. you think losing the weight has helped you? Yeah, hundred percent. So my, so I, I was at this time. I was so filled with like low self esteem, low ego. Really felt shitty about myself because I feel like I think at a re- at a moment I realized I very and 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 in one week in one week I realized uh, I realized I have been um, on a stranded island ultimately for fucking thirty days for seven years. I have not been. I've been doing Rogan's podcast. I've been doing my podcast, but I haven't been focusing on my podcast. And I've been doing Travel Channel, and there's there's been no payoff. No one ever saw Travel Channel and then was like, I need to see that guy on stage. I wonder if he screams like a girl on stage. Oh, I want him to take me on an adventure of a lifetime. So like, I realized that and I went, fuck. And then I still had some Travel Channel to do and I fucking... And you're and, and not to get your, get you in any trouble, but I assume... Uh, you mean your family's different, but like your people that are making the money from you, they don't give a fuck. That's what... That's what, get, that's what and. Again, I'm not pointing, but well, that's what gets you know my friends in trouble who are musicians who you know get in trouble, drugs, alcohol, whatever on the road is. It's when they become successful, and there's like a normal person would say, "Dude, come home, take a rest." Whereas the if you're sitting in an office just on your fucking computer, crunching numbers, stay the you're just like stay the fuck out on the road, keep. You know, sending that fucking well, money in. I don't know if my I don't know if either of my managers or agents were cognizant of what was going on. I, and sadly enough, and I don't mean to defend, I'll defend whoever was right. Travel Channel was the one place that was like, "Hey, man, slow the fuck down," because <laughs> like I would take whatever they had. I'd take I'd take everything, fucking everything. And, were you and partying doing, a lot too? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And they, they would def they were they were, they were very much like a family to me. And they were like they were like you know I remember one point they. Gave me a lot of money, and then they were like, "You can like take some time off from stand up now, right?" And I was like, "No, God, I want to, I want to work for this fucking company." Yeah, they were they were actually a great company. I have no bad words to say about Travel Channel. I will just say very candidly that it was not it was not up elevating my profile. And if and if it did elevate my profile, it may have pigeonholed me as he's the roller coaster guy or he's the oh, okay. you know. So in a weird way, and that's not who I am. I'm a fucking comic. And what's interesting, what you just said is really interesting, is because the one thing I got away from in all of this was the feeling of getting in trouble. I don't. I can't get in trouble by anyone anymore, and I like that. And it, by the way, it's it's like because I would bite my tongue on certain things. I'd brand wise, I didn't want Travel Channel to. And now that I'm not attached to anyone but my podcast and my stand up, I fucking yeah, love a, that feeling. That's why I want. I put out my album independently. I mean, I was gonna say that what's what's kind of killed me in the last couple of years was I'm you know no major you know independent. I own everything. Yeah. But the downside of that, which no one ever told me, which I didn't know, is all of a sudden you're a fuck, you're an entrepreneur. You know, it's like you got to hire a business manager to fucking pay the band, and 
the gig in Indiana has got different taxes than the gig and whatever. It's like all of a sudden you're like running a company, oh, you know? Jesus. It becomes a whole fucking thing. Like I just, you know, it's not very outlaw country thing to talk about, but like my fucking tax bill was fucking crazy. It was like a, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Willie talks about that, but it was like, I owe taxes in states I don't even remember going to. I was like, <laughs> And it's not very outlaw country to talk about. My taxes were through the roof, they, but they were through the roof, but also crazy. Just like you know, it's like, but it was also it was like a crazy amount, like way more, almost more money than like I kind of want to get audited because I'll bet if they audited me, I'd get money back because I think I paid. There's no way I owed that much, but it's because all these fucking, you know, you would take a a loan or whatever to to money I was that was coming in was going right back out, so it looked like money I made. You yeah. know, just come like money would come in. Like let's just say for pick a round number, like a hundred grand would come in and it would yeah. go to make the new record. And the, the according to them, I made a hundred grand, but I never touched that fucking money. Yeah. So it becomes this whole th- and like the, all the business people are trying to explain it to me. And I'm just like, I know I understand what you're fucking saying, but and I know it makes sense. But the at the end of the day, I just pay taxes on money I don't have. Yeah. Like um, is there a way to fucking fix this? And the, it's like. Them's the breaks of being, you know, you know, the Wheeler Walker Jr. Corporation, you know. That's the fucking thing that sucks. But I always got pissed off when I'd hear records label stories. It's so funny. When I was young, I wanted Comedy Central Records to sign me to a, re- to, a to like put out CDs. That's when you had to put out CDs. I didn't know how simple it was at the time. But, uh, you know, all, all I really need is a microphone hooked into a board and record it. That's it. I didn't realize that. But then I realized, I remember hearing stories about like, uh, I, I don't even know where I heard this, but like the the whole idea that you're on the tour bus and you're a thing, and the, and the head of the band's like, "This is nice," and then someone goes, "Who do you think's paying for this?" Oh yeah, no, I was hanging out with some some buddies of mine recently, who and um who do pretty well, and I was hanging out on the tour bus. It's you know it's got the fucking DVD player and um the couches and it's got a fucking shower in it, and I'm like. I could tour forever if I had one of these things. And then I think about and they're a band who's probably literally so I would say literally sold twice as many records as me. Yeah. And it's probably seen less money than me. Really? You know, because they... Because the... Because it's... That it's, bus... The, 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 the label's paying that bus and paying themselves back before they ever see the... You know, it's like... Um, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's how much ownership you want to have. Like, they, they, made, they made the... They made the decision they just want to live comfortably and do it that way and not, you know get checks for, you know and if if the label decides they want to sell their fucking song to you know mcdonald's or whatever they have no fucking op you know yeah option like i could i could play my i could give you a song right now to be your theme song. like i could i own my songs yeah like a uh, cowboy cerrone called me up he's doing a move he's not doing some acting i guess he's doing a movie and he want and they said which i don't know how you make a movie like this they said tomorrow you got a karaoke scene what song you want to sing he goes, I want to sing Eating Pussy, Kicking Ass. He calls me up. He's like, how do I do it? I was like, you're talking. I own it. Yeah. yeah. I go, yeah, do it. That's fuck. That's a so, great. You know, like that can't happen in that world. Um, Does Bird Cloud, do you think oh, they own their money? Own their music? I'll, I'll bet they do. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll bet they do. Because I was going to – I, I will either do this or not do this depending on when I release this. But uh, I, Vodka Soda is my drink. and uh, Vodka Soda Bird. You, you want me to get you in contact with them? I, I've talked to them a little bit, but I want to do it as a surprise. See, my big thing that I'm doing right now is I am, um, I'm really, I'm, I enjoy, uh, 
doing corporate sponsorships when the corporation has no like no idea that I'm doing it. It's funny, yeah, because we were talking about that earlier. Like, so I'm I'm maybe right now as as we speak two hours into being a podcaster. I've already got my manager called me. This I've already gotten an offer to a dog food company wants to be a sponsor. Seriously, and I don't know who the fuck they are. I've never heard of them, but I was just like, number one, make sure that they play them the fucking songs. Play them, you know. Yeah. I don't want to get in, the whole point of this is not to like you said. I don't want to fucking apologize for shit, you know. Yeah. I want to be able to say this fu- dog. I don't vouch for this dog food. It could be fucking poison. I don't, you know whatever. Like <laughs> I don't want to be the goal. The goal, you know. The goal of the podcast was, you know, again to hopefully, you know, do less radio and get the word out because I don't I talk to people directly. It's the whole point because I don't have I can't go on the fucking talk shows and shit. But I, I don't want it to be like a reason that I have to. I don't want it to be selling fucking products. See, I look at it this way: like, so I have a I have a I think four sponsors on the podcast, one of which is Blue Apron, who I will I'm a ride or die motherfucker for Blue Apron. Yeah, I heard you talking about it the other day on your podcast. It seems like something cool, but the, my problem is I don't even like cooking. Period. No, but it, but it's it's it, you know what's cool about it is uh, is it ma- it makes cooking so doable because you have all the ingredients there. I'm not doing an advert right is, now. I was still saying, is this a podcast? No, or is this a Blue no. Apron commercial? This is a Blue Apron commercial. <laughs> by the way, they're probably not even sponsors on this podcast. I don't know. They're on only on like every other, but but um, so what I like doing now, so. I'll tell Podca- you the- podcast advertising works because you mentioned it on your podcast, and I it's like any I find f- are you I don't know if you're I find food to be a fucking pain in my ass. Yeah, I was like, wouldn't it be easier if I just didn't have to eat? Just <laughs> finding food is like cause it, it, this shit's delivered. Like, f- help me fucking find a way to just. It's so good. I, I just want to like use the code word birdcast. <laughs> you get three free fucking, meals with free shipping. I'll do it. And yeah, but I want to get like big enough where I have a fucking chef, you know? Oh. A guy to wipe my ass, you know, the whole fucking thing. Dude, just find one person who likes to cook, have them come over to your house and cook all the blue apron and then they just take whatever they want home with you and you leave the rest for you. You may if I can find a nice woman who just do it just for just for the um for the meals, for the pleasure of fucking me maybe. <laughs> Although I guess is that prostitution, perhaps? Um, uh, no, no money's no money's being exchanged. It's just food. <laughs> I don't think if a girl sucks your dick for a slim jim, I think you're cool. <laughs> well, good because then I'm then I'm safe because that's been a concern of mine for a, a while. So the thing I wanted to do for and I, like I said, if, if I I've either done it or I won't do it. If you're hearing this and you haven't seen it, then it's not out there. Go look for it. Is I came home the other night, uh, the other morning, very drunk. Uh, and I and from Canada, and I was drinking vodka sodas on the plane, and I was drinking vodka sodas uh, in the car ride, the car service home, and then I had a vodka soda here, and then randomly I got an email from uh, Bird Cloud, and I um, and I was laying on this couch, and I was listening to Vodka Sodaberg, and I thought, you know what, I got a little money, I think I'm going to shoot a music video for them. You know, just to like, I'll shoot a video for him. I'll pay for it and edit it and put it to Vodka Soderberg and I'll use Tito's because Tito's is my vodka. Would they pay for the video, you think? No, I'll pay for it. And, but put Tito's in there and let Tito's, Tito's will fucking love it. They'd love it. They would love, they would love it. So all these different people, I was like, and I was thinking, I bet Bird Cloud would, would find it. I'd make it funny. I'd oh, make it lighthearted. It, yeah. I bet they'd find it humorous. And then part of me is like, 
uh, immediately I, you start looking for the reasons not to do things. You're like, I bet that where am I going to post? I can't put it on YouTube. I'll get it pulled down. Like, but I'll just give it to them. Maybe I'll just I don't send think it'll it to get, them. Why? Just because of the line? I mean, no, no, well, because, oh, because you want, I don't you, own the rights to the song. So I was like, maybe I'll just send it to them. Maybe I'll just make it and send it to them and go, hey, guys, you know. And I would just get them to, to sign off. For, I'll bet they would, they would sign off. In the, I mean, if someone called me and said, you, I have an idea for a video. Because I find videos to be a pain in the ass. I'm oh, like, your oh. videos are so good. Are you oh, fucking shitting thanks, me? Matt. But you're just like, even that last, the Puss in Boots one, which was so, f- there was naked tits and I was still like, I still wanted to fucking go, you know, it's just like, yeah. It, I just don't like, sh- just your like, videos are so fucking good. They really are, like, they add to, they really do add. It's like, I would say, this is going to sound uh, very, well, maybe very accurate considering our conversation, but like Kendrick Lamar, I got his new album and I didn't, like I just didn't connect with it immediately. I I was listening to it and I was like, and then everyone's like, dude, this is the best album of the year for everything. And then I was like, huh. And then the Don Cheadle Kendrick Lamar DNA video came up. Oh, I haven't seen. It. I gotta check it out. It's, and I went, I went, oh, this is fucking badass because Don Cheadle's a doing, good video can definitely can definitely help things. Can help you ex- understand the song, like and get the song. And uh, and I, I would say I enjoy you. I enjoy watching your videos as much as listening to music you know i think it is and i've talked to someone else about this i think is the main thing between like video and music is like when i make my demos i'm getting ready to go in the studio i have a envision in my a vision in my head but it's you know it's audio but it's of what this album can sound like and because i work with such fucking great people both out i've been lucky that i leave the studio and i go I had a, I had an idea of what this album could sound like, and it's actually better than what I could sound like. But with a video, I have a in my head. I'm picturing what it could look like, and it's always less because with the budgets we have, you know, you don't need much budget to make great sounding music. You need great players and a great producer. Video, you know, like in your head, you've got fucking helicopter. It's like crazy shit in your head. Then you see it come back and just kind of stale. Yeah. To me, I mean, you for, I forget sometimes that the people who watch in the video aren't watching what's in my head and then watch comparing it to the video yeah you know to me it's just like oh i had it was like you know, oh like, i like, love like the synchronized dancing was like it looked too kind of jokey because i wanted to really fucking dance and i couldn't fucking learn how to fucking dance which is why people love it because it's me trying to keep up yeah but i don't see it that way i just looked at like the fucking steps i missed and all <laughs> oh, that shit no, i loved it i loved it because i went i, I really thought to myself and this these are the things that are probably like when you when you tell a joke I, and I can only relate it to that. But when you tell a joke, uh, there are things people pull from it that you didn't expect them to pull from it. The one thing I, th- I pulled from that is I was like, I was like, two things. I went, oh wait, the two topless girls are the girls on the side. And then I was like, oh wait, these are professional dancers in the front. And then I was like, wait, is he not, is he not keeping up with them? And I was like, oh, this is like this is fucking awesome. Like, yeah, it took me to everyone's. I get, I've gotten. My phone's never blown up like this. Every day I get texts about h- how hilarious my bad dancing is. It took me two fucking days of training <laughs> to get to, to, to get to bad, which fucking sucks. But that's what's great about it is because the the song's great, and you're not the artist that is like that is Britney Spearsing it, you know. Which is half the artists are better at dancing than they are writing songs. Well, yeah, I mean, I just I felt like, and even the the dance quote unquote instructor was just a friend of mine. Was you know, she a friend of mine's wife. Um, you know, she and she kind of gave me the note. She's just like, if you if if you just try, you know, people will look see that you're giving it your all, and they'll be fine. <laughs> and I and I and I really was just trying to fucking nail it. Yeah. And I would actually tell them to I didn't get it right because I would see 
it's it's like I said with my, what I was talking about earlier. It's like the unintended comedy of it, which was not my point. Was like I want to fucking nail these dances. Yeah, and I would tell the director, let's try it again, and I'd I'd see the whole crew just like belly laughing. They're like no no that one was perfect. It's like why was it perfect? Because it was fucking hilarious. It's like I don't want to be. Fu- I want to. <laughs> I want to nail this dance. And they're like no no no. If, if you nail it, it's not going to look that fucking cool. The best and, is I got. I will. I will. I do have to compliment you on one of the videos. The one of the ones on your website website where you put all the about all the different girls in all the different cities, and you and you put the words up with it. Yeah, that was the one I loved. Fucking which, love that uh, p- pussy king. Yeah, I that was the first video because I had nothing. You know, I just kind of gave this guy instructions on what to do. It's weird because that's the f- that was probably my least successful song and my the most I've gotten shit about a song. Like a lot of people called that song a sellout, which I don't understand. Like how does how's the song about eating a girl's ass in uh, Ohio a sellout? But it's it's probably my least successful th- song I've ever done and to me it was the best thing I've ever done. So yeah. there's no correlation between the two. It's fucking weird. Um but yeah, well, that's with the Pornhub stuff. It's it's just I don't, all I'm trying to do – well, the main thing I'm trying to do is just piss people off. But the other thing I'm trying to do is like I got an album coming out June 2nd, and there's a guy – this guy who's actually seems like a nice enough dude. Is this guy Luke Combs. He's on Sony Records, kind of a big dude. They call him like every man. You know, He's like – he's got a hit on the radio, and it's going to be a battle for the top of the country charts, and I'm making it out to be a big battle, but I, he's ain't, ain't falling for the bait right now. Um, <laughs> but – so I'm, his album drops June second. June second, and I'm like, I got to show these people that real country is going to fucking win, and we're going to take you know. So I think so. He's do, he'll do the he'll do the late night shows. He'll do he's got country radio behind him. He's got a giant corporation behind him. So I'm like, what does he not have? Well, he ain't got fucking Pornhub. You know what what he's not allowed to do. You know he can't do Pornhub. He can't do yeah. He, he he wouldn't know what to do on a podcast. You know. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You know I've had I've had those people come in where they go. So this will be 45 minutes? And you're like, well, it, I like it. If it's a little over an hour, that's a little better. And they're like, okay, cool. What are we going to be talking about? And I'm like, hold the fuck. Yeah, can you send me fucking, yeah. Oh, dude, well, I I had, I've had friends do that where I go, where I go, hey, you know you're not doing radio right now. This is just me and you. Like, my kids might walk in. Like, be that real. Was, that was another thing that kind of happened by accident, which was I would call into radio because I just didn't give – I literally didn't give a fuck. I call into yeah. radio stations other than cursing, which, I, which they warned me would be like a – huge fine you know yeah. other than that say whatever the fuck you want and i would call the radio stations and i'd rip on artists i'd rip on their station i'd rip on the town because i didn't give a fine fuck i was like what are you gonna do not buy my album it ain't selling anyway yeah and uh we'd get a call like can you come back on tomorrow like they would just love me because i was the only guy who would call in talking sh- you know that any kind of because all they get is people you know pimping their sh- shit and i'm the only guy i was the only i didn't think you know i don't listen to morning fucking zoo radio but I was the only guy coming on their fucking show with a fucking one percent of honesty. Well, it's it's and, and it pops out. It know? pops out because you know one of the th- I was telling Al Madrigal this yesterday. I had Al on the podcast, and we were before just like we were before this podcast. Al and I were being very real. Same thing happened with Nick Thune. Nick Thune came in, and we were very real to each other for like five minutes about gossip bullshit, about fucking just tearing like just. And really talking shit. And yesterday, I was one that brought it to my attention. He was like, you know, you know, this is what podcasts used to be like. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what they used now, to. But now they're too big. You, you got you'd get in fucking. I mean, I got 
I got in a lot of shit because of, of Rogan because I I had no idea it was that fucking big. I would I talked shit about a lot of fucking people. Me too. And everyone fucking heard it. And yeah. like I said, agencies were calling up, like the big agencies who were like, you know, I don't want to say any kind of like threatening ways, but just kind of like a, they would say it in a tone of like, you know, you got you to gotta watch, boy, you got to, you know, watch what you're saying. You know, like, yeah. what the fuck? And I was always would say, I would just say, you know, it's like, it's not my fault they fucking suck, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't make fun of them if they were good. Tell, just tell them, here's an easy way for me to not make fun of you. Just fucking don't fucking suck. Yeah. What do they think? What? Just out of curiosity, because I know you're friends with them. What do these people who are coming in fucking defensive and threatening and publicists, what do they think Sturgill Simpson thinks of their clients? Like, like Well, I, I mean, I, I don't want to speak for Sturgill, but I mean, he he's never, I mean, I, th- I think you know what he thinks. He just, he doesn't. He didn't say it out loud. He doesn't say. I've never heard him talk shit in particular about any artist. I got to find the Sturgill Simpson song because it made me cry. Like I was in the car with my wife. And we're driving back uh, New Year's Eve. I'm I'm very hungover. This is, by the way, this this story may not be accurate because I th- want to say this was two New Year's Eves ago. Did he have an album out two years New Year's, New Year's oh, yeah, Eve ago? Yeah. yeah so um, that was probably the first record. Yeah, yeah it was he, the first record. He um uh. It's funny because every the the press is just so they're so bored they just use the same fucking stories over and over again. He went on, I think it was Mark Marin where he said that, and Mark I guess asked him you know what he thought about my record, and Sturgill was the guy who introduced me to the, my producer. Yeah, and he was just like yes, you know, I'm the one who introduced him, and that's a big enough podcast that uh, Sturgill will be next to my name in every article they write for the rest of my fucking life. You know, started you know Sturgill introduced Wheeler to Dave Cobb, and it all happened from there. It's like. Live in the dream. Live in the dream is the song. Is that shirt turd on shit mountain song? No. Uh, oh yeah, live. No, no. That's um. This is uh. Great tune, yeah. It's just such a great. I was. I listened to the lyrics like for the first like I listened the first time I was like well, I like it then I listened to the lyrics. I'm in time. I just fucking, it's just such a great song. And That's I was very, too. I was shaky hungover and I had coffee and I just found myself crying in the car. My wife's like, is this song making you fucking cry? I was like, you I feel like so this. great about that song. That's from the first record, which is, that was, he was broke and him and his wife probably broke and Dave who produced it, I don't think was getting any work and I don't think they spent a penny. It was just like, let's just record a record and see what the fuck happens. Literally that fucking yeah. simple, you know? And cause I always get, I get the question cause now that I'm doing press for the fucking record is like they always ask me about Sturgill and I started answering the question in a different way because you know it's like you know he was instrumental and you starting out and I say honestly his influence was much less the introduction to the my producer and my band m- mates who play on the record than him putting out like it was actually the his music that inspired me much more like in that shit of all the horrible country I, I'm talking about yeah hearing that was like reminding me why I love country music I go his his music was much more inspiring than him him as a as a friend, which was it was just the truth. And I've I've used that as I'm using that as a way to kind of ward off the you know the same fucking story a million times. But when I heard that shit, I was just like, oh, you can still do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, and he, he can and he can he, he still which is crazy. He's still not getting played on the fucking radio, by the way. Really? No, he's not. You know, because I was actually um, I was talking about this the other day. He um. I would say he in 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 all of music more than anyone right now. 
he's a guy who he has no shit to, to anybody. He's selling out probably if not arena sized places that you know gets getting closer there. And he yeah. has no it ain't it ain't driven by radio. It ain't driven by um tell there's no there's no one he can piss off. That's you a know great fucking by the way and how, he did it all him his fucking self too. You know I'm gonna say this uh, from from my perspective. And this is going to sound braggy, and it and it's by no stretch of the means where Sturgill Simpson is, but uh, I, I don't have I don't have a TV show, I don't have a fucking I don't have a label, I don't have a, a I'm not touring with somebody, I'm going out by myself. It's not a ton of people, but you know it's enough where I can make a living. And so that feeling is really it really fun. is it's a whole other thing, which is you know you do it on. Doing it on your own makes it all. If it works, it does make it a lot better. I mean, like to go back to Sturgill for a second. He, you know, he won the Grammy for Country Album of the Year. Yeah. And in the Country Awards, the CMAs and the ACMs, he wasn't even invited to either one of them. The Country Establishment is not reckon like like so you really? so so he won the Grammy for best best country artist of the fucking year. So you, an, an outsider would go. So how many Country Music Awards did he win? The answer was he wasn't even nominated or invited to the awards because they had no money to make off of him. I th- well, well, because he's shown people that you don't need that system to do it. He's got like his crowds are not you know your typical country music crowds. He's got his own. They're crowds who are Sturgill Simpson fans. They have nothing to do with you know genres of music. You know, they just like that music, and they also happen to like other good shit. Too. And he also, but he also doesn't play the game. You know, he doesn't like you know. He's not showing up at radio stations and smiling and plucking playing the game. So they have nothing to – again, this is not me speaking for him. This is just my opinion, but they have nothing to gain from him. So, you know, um, I mean it's also stupid to say I guess maybe that like Grammys are more legit than CMAs or something. But I do think it's interesting that according to the Grammys, which is you know the big – that's, that's the gold seal. Yeah. He's the biggest and best artist, but according to the actual – the Music Row Nashville itself He doesn't He doesn't even exist That's fucking insane to me That is Yeah no he He gets gets no radio at all And that And they got rid of that Payola system So it's not that I mean it's just Well somebody was telling me But apparently it still costs A lot of money to get on the radio Really? Which is Yeah you got It shouldn't cost anything But no but you gotta do A whole fucking campaign Which is You know I'll spill the beans here But I haven't told anyone this We're doing one of my dirtier songs we're uh, doing a, a, a radio campaign for to try to get on the radio, even though it's illegal to play this song on the radio. Yeah. So we found some money to kind of buy ads in the trade magazines, and we're sending it out to radio, even though it's got f- stuff about a stretched out pussy and shit in the song. Yeah. So we're doing a radio campaign for for my for my new single, and we're getting you know people call like what the fuck. He's talking about this girl stretched out pussy in the fucking what do you like what are you idiots doing? Because yeah. I just love confusing people. It was actually. This, that's why I knew that when I, I was looking for a new manager that the first thing he said to me was, let's let's take this – and he's pointing out a song on the new – because I already made the record. He pointed out this, let's take this song to radio. Yeah. And I thought – my first thought was like, oh, he, shit, he wants to censor my shit. He's like, no, 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 not censor. Just let's just take it to radio see what the fuck happens. And I, th- I was like, I'll fucking – I want to work with this dude who just wants to send the fucking dirty song to radio, buy an ad in a – and there, we photoshopped. There was like a bunch of pictures of me with like radio programmers, you know. Yeah. You know, like as if I toured the. Because you got to tour the country and meet all the fucking dudes and shake all the fucking hands. Oh, that's and meet all those dudes. So that's where the fucking, fucking sucks. That's where the money comes in. It's like to tour with a to go out and tour radio stations is. 
you're guaranteed zero money coming in. So it's all the money's going out. It's a lot of money. Yeah. You got to spend that to go fucking suck their dicks and shit. So, and I would never. That's why do they it. give them gold records and they sign them and it's in their hallway and they all get, oh, we're doing an in studio. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And then you, then you got to play their, you know, their, you know, the, whatever their country music, whatever the big country station is, they have their end of year festival. Do you know, do you know uh cowhead? Yeah. Talk to him. Yeah. You should you I'd love I'd love to we should, I wonder if we could do like a I wonder if we could do like a co headlining thing down in Tampa at like Janice Landing or at a bigger venue and go in and do cowhead and yeah, I do I, these call and sick to work shows. I've been to kind of you know now that I'm doing more podcasts, I've gotten a couple offers from comedians and I just don't know um then I started thinking about it, I was like, that would actually be a really cool Thing it'd be, it'd be cool. Uh, Joe does it with uh, with um, well, Sturgill does it too. Yeah, who's Stur- who works this with- guy, Billy Wayne Davis? Oh, Billy Wayne Davis is great, opens up for Sturgill, but um, I don't know if he still is. He certainly was the last few times I saw him. Someone just told me the other day, Billy Wayne Davis is their funniest favorite, their favorite comic. I've known yeah. Billy Wayne for a long time. I don't really know him. I mean, I, I know him, but uh, the problem is, I always get to the show late, and so I've never really, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, but like, there's a like, it would be cool. But uh, is uh, um, I don't know the dude, but uh, do you know Ralphie May? Well, yeah, of course. Because he reached out to me about a tour, and at the time, I was just like, I don't know, because I'm very sensitive about like, I don't want to get you don't want to get confused. I want I want to do a fucking country music tour. Yeah, well, that's the interesting just- thing about you is that we were, I was talking to Roland Campos, Roland. Oh is yeah, from O and A, and or for Opie, <clears throat> and. uh I w- I'm going over to do uh, Craig Ferguson at like three or whatever today, and he was. What's that? Is that? It's the he used to have a late night talk show on CBS, and now he's got a show on Sirius XM. Oh, okay. And he, uh, and I said, uh, I said, yeah, I got Willie Walker Jr. on today. He said, who's coming up on the podcast? I know, Ro- yeah, Roland yeah. Uh, came out when I was playing at Opie and Jim, and he came out and like duetted with me. Yeah, and he was like, dude, he's selling like. Big venues, it's you know, and so and and you know what the other thing is, I think you're right to get wrapped up into someone else's something. It's not you. I have a hard time with that. I'm doing a I'm doing a big thing with some guys that are bigger than me, and part of me goes 100. percent Then the other part of me goes, let's not forget, I'm a little bit of a diva, and I've I haven't been I haven't been second fiddle to anybody in a while, and I don't know how I'm going to react in that, but. I know the people going, and I just want to party with them. So I'm like, this will be fine. I don't give a fuck. I don't, really don't give a – I think I can be fine with this. So, but uh, – Yeah, I've done those kind of gigs a lot where it's just like, you know, it's – because my – I have my own label, but it's distributed by a company. Like the dis- distribution company will like do a party. Yeah. It's just a free party. You know, it, people will show up if I play, so I'll just – I'll do that. You know, if it's if it's helping the place that distributes my records, you know, all the fucking better. You know, because they loan me the money sometimes to make the – to do the shit. I mean, they yeah. they get you know very, very small piece of it. So anyway. you, it makes me you make me want to like because I used to be in a band. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but I was in a band. Oh, you I know kicked that. out the lead guitarist and he formed the band Creed. And so, oh no uh, way, yeah, yeah. I just sang with Scott Stapp. I just was with Scott Stapp in Nashville this past weekend, two weekends ago. And so I sang. So you're this. part of the reason the worst band of all time was in, was put together. Possibly the reason. No and way. So, so you kicked this guy out and he formed Creed? He formed Creed. But by the way, I'm not talking shit. I love Scott Stapp. I love Hire. But I, um, I've i always wanted to do – and now with the advent of like – like not not like – but I was like, I bet I could do like a do like a live album, do it on a show and record it. And I was like, I always want to do an album. But I was like, what would I fucking write about? And like I would never have – hearing you talk like that as I go, how – yeah, why does why does art get – 
fucking muddled with with sellability. Like the idea that you just wrote exactly what your thoughts are. Well, when that was you my thing. Dumped. Is you know, I, I put, you know, I did the first record and then do the one, doing the one now. I was like, literally, no one's wrote a song called "Fuck You, Bitch" before. I'm like, how is that possible? Yeah, because, and I and I explain it in, in interviews all the time. It's just like it's, and they obviously they they claim I'm being misogynistic, which to me I'm not. But you know, I understand the argument. But it's like when the girl dumps me. I mean, listen, I, years later, I get it. Yeah, it's, it was my fault. I understand, but in that moment. The thought going through my head is "fuck you," you know. Yeah. So why don't I take that emotion, that raw emotion that I was feeling at that fucking time, and put it on the record? And it's it actually upsets me that it was that um, that doing that is actually um, thought of as like unique. It shouldn't be. Yeah. Like, why is putting your real emotions onto onto wax like something like you've got your own space now? You're the only guy who does that. It shouldn't. I, I want, all I want to do now is just write an album with twelve songs about drinking by myself. <laughs> Well, that's I mean that's that's what I mean that's country music right there. Yeah. It's like because I, I was what I was going to say kind of before is like I wonder what like Waylon and Willie and if those guys I mean Willie's around but I'm saying like if they were that like in the 70s their age like if they were doing it now and they and they knew that they didn't need the labels would they put it out themselves would they do dirty you know yeah because one of my favorite and we the song, I, I play a Waylon song uh, uh, live uh, he had a, a song called a. Uh, don't you think this outlaw bits done got out of hand? And then he did a version later in life of it that the guy to produce my record actually finished after Waylon passed away called Outlaw Shit, and I play Outlaw Shit um, on the road. And it's the only thing I don't like about it is it makes all my other songs sound so shitty because it's such, such a great tune. Yeah, and um, like would Waylon be putting because well, obviously at the time he put out the Outlaw Bit version. Yeah, like but if Waylon was around now, would he? just be doing outlaw shit i mean because obviously that's what he was meant to say yeah um would he be doing i don't know i mean and then some label guy would say you can't say shit i mean Waylon would tell him to go fuck his mother you know yeah so uh it's one of the things i liked about you know hank williams jr was i didn't like i was i was in uh i think 10th grade when i first heard him and uh and I was like, wait, he's talking about drinking whiskey and eating pills and smoking weed and in my head i was like i don't think i had like I don't think I had accepted that yet as like an alternative life, like as as like a wait. You can just be a drug addict and talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you sounds like you're kind. Of, you were kind of like me, which is you kind of learned how to live through music, which is not always a great thing. But those were my heroes growing up. Is like, yeah, you know, you read those books about the Stones, like, oh, that's how I want to, you know, want to live my, you know, fucking not have to. That's that's the part that bites you in the ass, which is what you were talking about earlier, which is I want to live my own fucking life, and all of a sudden. You you carve out your own thing. All of a sudden, you're waking up at five to do radio. Yeah. This was not the fucking point. The point was to I do whatever I fucking want when I want. But there's no way to get it. And all of a sudden, you're like, um, you know, I forged out my own thing. And also, but then you're telling me, you know, you got you're stuck on the road. You know, it's like it's, it's a hard fucking balance to to figure. It's out. like I'm my own man. No one tells me what to do. Hey, you got to fly in early Wednesday to do press on Thursday. Fuck, I I, I don't tell them no. Well, it's going to affect your contract. Okay, fuck, fuck for yeah, exactly. Well, the, the, when the first album was coming out that week, you know, it was, it we were we they could tell the numbers were going to be a good first week number. Yeah. They go to to really you know, slam it home. We we got all this press for you in New York. I'm like, I'm fucking wiped out. It's like, well, you know, it's your fucking career. And of course, when you sit you with yourself for ten minutes, you're just like, fuck, I'll just. And I was no no, I was so fucking tired and not want to go to New York and go to a million, you know, like I, I get I do that this this call and sick to work tour where I go in. I do press in the morning and then I go straight to the club and I do a show 
and uh, I, d- I just started doing the press because you definitely needed it, you know, and it's my friends. So like for Elliot in the morning or Preston and Steve or Cowhead or different places, Dave and Jimmy, where I did it, I'd go in and I'd – or Torgan Elliot, I'd go in and I'd do the press and then go to the club and they'd sell out. They'd sell out before I did press, but usually they – it was like – they were like, hey, there's 15 tickets left. I was like, go in and do the press, sell the 15 out. The last one I did, they were like, it sold out like a month ahead of time. And they were like, yeah, you don't have to come in for press. Just uh... Yeah, that's how you do it because you know, it's because it, I'm doing a week of record release shows. Um, a week from, of record release shows? Just three shows. Uh, yeah. And for some reason, so it's June 2nd is the night it comes out. We'll do Exit Inn in Nashville. June 6th, Bowery Ballroom in New York. Yeah. And June 8th, Troubadour, which already fucking sold out. Yeah. I don't know how I sold out the Troubadour that fucking fast but the first two shows haven't even sold out i'm like i and they're like you got to go you know do some press i was like they'll fucking figure it out some eventually but you know yeah. you never know i you got to fucking it becomes all then it, you know you start worrying about, it, you, i just don't want to be worrying around about the wrong things you know like if shows are going to sell out or if the album's going to fucking sell that's the fucking worst i get ticket counts at the end at the end of every day <laughs> you start worrying like well my people now don't know how to talk to me just be like it'll their answer is it, it'll be fine. You know, it'll yeah. sell out. It, it'll sell out. It'll, yeah. But I don't like to, even that. They'll be like, man, you sold the Troubadour out like X amount faster than you did before to yeah. try to like motivate me to keep doing, you know, like it's still the exact same fucking amount. It doesn't matter. You know, it's yeah. like the amount of time it takes to fucking sell it out. I mean, it's just an ego boost, I guess, but I hate, I hate getting bogged down. In the, like the thing with Luke Combs was just kind of, we actually, I had a dude. I got to look him up. Luke Combs. Yeah. He's not bad. I mean, oh, it's been a tough guy to have like a war with because he's not a bad dude and he's not the worst. And he, he plays, he plays and saying it's just, you know, it's, it's something approaching country music, you know? Yeah. And I had, you know, the, there's this guy who does all the Photoshop and stuff for Joey Diaz's podcast. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> and I, I had him do, uh, he was like, I did his podcast and he said, if I did it, you know, he'd also help me out with Photoshop. He redid Luke Combs's new album's cover with me on it. See, this would bum me out because I, I look at a picture of Luke Combs and I think I'd immediately like him. Yeah, no, no, that's that's what I'm saying. The the, the um, he's a likable guy and his music's yeah. not awful, so it's been tough because he's my competition. So I'm like, that's what I do. I got to go after this fucking dude. Well, uh, fucking Kanye and Fifty did it. Well, yeah, were they friends? No, they weren't friends. Well, um, they said whoever album didn't sell enough, the other person would quit the music business. I think. Well, obviously, it didn't happen, but <laughs> obviously. Uh, 50 may have quit but um but yeah i'm thinking about actually you know having a little more fun with it and having luke on my podcast you know like let's just like be yeah. let's have let's let people know we're having fun because i think the only thing that happens like fans of each one or the other are just going to be like turn it into a fucking you know w- what you need is what you yeah no what you i think that's not a bad idea bring on luke combs and 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 because t- i know i know people who know him and they i people i trust are just like yeah man he's a great fucking guy and you know he's you know he's actually he's the real deal you know he and i hate to i hate to be the guy who says this but he actually plays guitar and sings which is again a novelty act in country music nowadays <laughs> yeah well let's look at the look at the war between me and tom like we we there were times where we definitely hurt each other's feelings but we're best friends and the and even in the competition was fucking real it was legit real like it was oh real. i bought it but yeah I mean, it was real, like, to the point where I was like, both of us were like, hey, man, I don't want to lose my beard. And we came up with it together. The losers should shave their beard. Both of us thinking we would immediately win. 
you and Luke Combs should do a beard competition. Well, that's the thing is, that's the thing is, because he's going to beat me, and because, like I said, I can't compete with fucking. Yeah, he can. He's got a radio hit. I mean, like a hit radio song. Like I can't compete with that. Um, and you know, it's like, um, but it gives me motivate. It's like, oh, what do I got? To, you know, again, porn, podcast, whatever. Let me yeah. find a way to get around. Because the only way, in my opinion, real country is going to come back is you got to go. You got to find a back door. You know, you got to beat the system because country radio ain't fucking playing it. You know, because I mean, I know uh, you should write the song that Luke Combs should be writing. Like, be like, be like, like you know how you're honest. You should you should write a song that if Luke Combs was honest with himself, this is what he'd be singing. If Luke Combs had half the integrity that Wheeler Walker Jr. had, this would be the song he'd sing. I'm insecure about my red beard. <laughs> how about that? how about a, a Burt Wheeler co-write on that one? Yeah. <laughs> Who's your publisher? Anybody? Get, um, yeah, that would be fun. But yeah, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Um, I wish it was a real shitty artist that I was doing. You know, who was coming out the same week? Yeah. I could really fucking rip into. Because you know what's funny is a lot of the you know the the A list stars, <laughs> the, the guys who sell out. Comes an interesting looking guy. <laughs> yeah, the thing I don't want to get too per- again because I hear, and he's also a fan of mine too. <laughs> he's, but he's like, like I'll go to my immediately. I go. I think I'd like this guy. Hold just on, look, look at his album cover. I, I want to show you what what they made for me. Oh please. Hold on, I gotta show you. I think I've got hit. Hold on. Oh, hey, here's his album cover. Okay. This one's. Hold on, and here's what they made. Oh, I love it. Pretty good. Fucking great. That that to me is like fun. Fuck. Have you released that yet? Yeah, put it up on my Instagram. And I got a lot of people just like you know he's he's way nice. Oh, he's a big guy too. Yeah, I mean, even you know what's fun about it, honestly, is like us. We're giving him. Press, you know, it's like, yeah, it's fun because it helped, you know. Yeah, let me tell you something. By the way, there, dear Luke Combs, right now there are a quarter of a million people that have would never have heard your name that are hearing it for the first time that are probably going to go and listen to one of your songs. And he chews tobacco for real. Okay, all right. So yeah, I'm helping the guy out. So um, let's see what his stickers on his guitar are. This is a representation of who he is as an artist. He has stickers on his guitar. Yeah, he's got uh, biscuits and porn. Is that one of his songs? Um, Moonshine. There's no way he's singing a song. He doesn't have a song called "Biscuits and Porn." No way. <laughs> he's got a he's got a rebel flag on his. Does he really top. have a "Biscuits and Porn" sticker? Biscuits and porn. <laughs> Shit. I mean, yeah, I'm, I may be making fun of the wrong guy. <laughs> I like this dude. I, <laughs> I like him because I know how insecure he really is in life. Like, really? He, oh, yeah. Look, I mean, I. I oh. Oh no no! This is Jacob Powell. Jacob Powell looks like Josh Wolf had, if he had written country music. Um, I now I'm gonna go listen to some of his music. I'll probably will too. too but um, like I, I said, like this beef though. I like this beef. But the, pro- but the thing is, just be, you know, because he's on Sony and I put out my albums myself. I I, t- I take it really personally, and it becomes a competition for me. But it's probably not at all for him. But oh, he, it he, registers his radar. But he, oh, he's he's tweeted back in like a fun way, which is. In some ways, definitely his best move because it makes him, you know, it's like, because I can't, like, I can't get to him, you know, like, I yeah. can't hurt his, because every time I've tweeted shit at him, he's like, uh, oh, uh, my song Pussy King, he tweeted back, you know, and I said something shitty about him. He's like, thanks for writing that song about me. <laughs> like, oh, you fucking dick, you're playing along. I think, you know, it's like, because that's, that's the secret. That's why I always tell these dudes who I make fun of. It's just like, if you just had some, there's a band called Old Dominion. Who played on the CMA Awards? 
there's kind of a really kind of cheesy kind of country. I mean, it's, it's fucking slop. But um, they they were playing this on the CMA Awards, and I was tweeting about the CMAs, and they were only showing them for some reason from the waist up. No, actually, they, they were just showing them and playing. I go, I go. Well, at least we know they ain't jacking each other off right now. <laughs> and then from their official Twitter site the next day, they saw they wrote back. It's like you don't know that for a fact. And I go, fuck. Now I can't make fun of these fuckers. Once you once you had, you play along, and I tell all these fucking dudes who get pissed. I was like, it's not you don't have to play along. But yeah. After old Dominion tweeted that back to me, I never. Never occurred in my head brain to ever make fun of them again. Yeah, because once they're good sports about it, it takes all the fun out of it. Yeah, it's the person that it's the person that turns a mount a molehill into a mountain that you're like, oh, this is going to be a blast. It's yeah, all, it's the it's the art of trolling. It's like the Colin Quinn's tr- t- whole Twitter feed was the best. Like, uh, do he have like, it anymore? Uh, I don't know if he does it anymore, but he would just be like. I don't know, but you, I consider a terrorist who goes into a town and shoots it up a hero. <laughs> like everyone's like, how can you fucking say just it? Like, a, yeah, piss people. It, yeah. yeah, he's just like he was like, I don't, I'm not, I don't read you. I don't know. Like I don't. That's not a Colin Quinn tweet, by the way. That's just me trying to make an example of like, yeah, just trying to get a react. Yeah, I would, I would used, to, I used to do a lot more of that, but it's, it's getting harder. You know, I was gonna say as it becomes more successful, I was like, I, I was about, I almost called this album break even. Yeah, because. My my last album was so successful that I broke even. Yeah. That was the joke around my you know with me and the band and my producer and stuff was like, it's like all I would hear every day is how well it's doing. We were going crazy and like at the end of the day, all I did was make my fucking money back. Yeah, it's like well, this was the fu-, you know, and, and I, you know, it's like you have to. I mean, obviously, I'm not in it for the money, but like they were saying how successful an album is to break has to get before it breaks even. Yeah. It's like that ain't no kind of fucking goal, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're gonna. It's like this one's gonna break even again, you know. Like we're gonna do it, man. We're yeah. gonna break even twice in a row. Wait, what did you name this album again? It's called Old Wheeler. Old Wheeler. Um, there's one of my favorite. We were in the studio. I was trying to figure out what to call it, and we were actually listening to this one of my favorite Whalen records, Old Whalen, at the time. And it's really a. This album is really like I said. It's about everything that's kind of happened from the first album. It's really a lot of the songs are about you know. Me getting older, being on the road, meeting like girls giving me fucking their Snapchat IDs. I don't know what the fuck that is, or yeah. this new technology and all this shit going on. Being on the road and being able to like I would do Skype interviews on my fucking phone, like just not understanding this new. I don't understand the new fucking world. Yeah, I just feel like an old piece of shit. And I and that old Whalen cover was up there. I go, I should just call it Old Wheeler. Cause yeah. I'm getting fucking old because it's really an album about growing old, um, in more or less terms. And then I and I know Shooter, uh, who's Shooter Jennings, who's a great artist in his own right, Waylon's son. I was like, you think you'd be pissed if I call this album, you know, old? It's like I'm not as an homage. I, I just don't want to. I just don't want to piss off anyone in the Waylon estate just because I love Waylon so much. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's cool. And then I even you want that's the cool thing about kind of meeting some of these guys. And there's a in Pussy King. I go uh, one of my favorites. Waylon Songs is Honky Tonk Hero, written by a guy, Billy Joe Shaver, who's a hero of mine. And Billy Joe was a fan. I actually met the dude. And I was like, you know, in this Pussy King, I said, I'm a Honky Tonk Hero. I'm the Pussy King. I stole your fucking line. He's like, oh, no, you can have it. You know, it's, it's just just words. It's fine. Yeah. So I always, you know, it's almost like I just, it's like, it's not even fair. I just steal. I just feel like if I get permission, you know? Yeah. It's like it's still theft, I guess, but you know. No, I have a sh- I have a st- I have a joke that I may be telling on Ari's storytelling show, that is a story that happened to me, but Rogan's in it, 
and I and I'm I'm the same way. Like I like yeah, it's, it's totally my story. I, it happened to me. Um, but Rogan called me in the middle of this, and it's imperative that his phone calls in it because of what he said to me on the phone. But I I'm I'm the kind of guy that I, I go if I'm going to do this, I should run this by Joe and make sure Joe's cool with me using him. If not, I could just say a friend called me. I could say just a friend called me, but it has so much more of a sting when it's Rogan because it, yeah. it of what he said. You know? Yeah, it's weird. I, I know what you're saying because that's happened a lot with me, per, particularly because my stuff is so dirty and offensive to people. I always get get nervous about mentioning other artists or friends of mine who are like the producer or yeah. You know, even Sturgill, I actually feel okay about because he mentioned me on a podcast. I felt like that's because you brought you know you brought him up, but he he talked. It's like I almost feel guilty, like if I mention these guys, I know, like, no, I will they, that. will they, well, I don't want to hurt their career at all, you know. No, I, I look at this like, I look at this like, uh, I don't know if you, if you, if you're not grounded in, 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 like, if, if there, I, I had a friend, I used to have a friend that would say stuff like, "Keep my name out of your fucking mouth," and I was like, I don't know if you're my friend then, because why, why couldn't I? Well, that's like, what pisses me off too. Is, is a lot. Of, there's. I think I was. I actually started this sentence before, earlier, and you fucking cut me off, you piece. Of, um, <laughs> like I'm talking a list arena guys who are, f- who've reached out to me who are huge fans. I'm like, yeah. fucking put on a t-shirt, send out a tweet, you know, let people know, you know. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, people in their camp have told them they can't. T- so I don't mention there. It's like, it's it is an insult to to say for someone to say I'm a big fan, but like I, I don't want people to know it. Yeah, it's kind of is, is I, I see what you're saying there. It's like it's it's so it's kind of a lame thing to say, which is, don't tell anyone I'm, I I like your, you know, it's like that is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Uh, we were just talking, like we're all so, everyone's such fans of Ari's and the, and his independence and his autonomy and his distance from it that I was saying, hey, there's a joke I I would never be able to tell on stage because I just wouldn't, but you should tell. And he's like, you know, you're like the fifth person that said, oh, I got a joke. It's about raping babies, but you should tell it, Ari. Oh, see, that that's become the, one of the the fucking biggest annoyances of my fucking life is I'll be in Nashville, you know, Nashville. Some guy grabbed me. Hey, pussy farts. I'm like, do I know you? Sir? <laughs> like, no, you sing about. So how about a song? About, you know, and everyone grabs me all the fucking time. Like, I don't have the balls to say this, but maybe you'll say it. So, yeah. No, I don't think you're listening to my music. My songs are actually about my life, but it's just I'm not censoring the words. It's not like to think of the fucking grossest thing I can say. Yeah, I've had, I've probably had ten people pitch me put, uh, queef songs. Really? It's like if a girl queefed on my face, I guess I'd sing about it. But I don't want to sing a. It's not. It's, it's, yeah. it's not a novelty act. I don't. I don't think you're. You know, I don't think you're as much of a fan as you think you are. It's like I don't want to sing about fucking pussy farts. Like he, like they come up to me like if they just thought of it, like yeah, because they look through my all the fucking song tiles and pussy farts ain't on there, and they're like, <laughs> "Oh, dude, it's pussy, like I'm I, gonna." I know what you're missing, pussy farts. Yeah, exactly, and that's that's their entrance into songwriting. You know, like they're gonna get a fuck, like they're gonna get half my publishing on one of the song. You know, yeah, because I gave farts. I, you know, if you get a piece of one of my one of my songs, you ain't making shit. So, because a lot, most of that money from that is radio. I found out later, which no one fucking told me. Is so. Who do you have lined up on the podcast to come out? Do you have a bunch of people lined up to do it? And yeah. What day, well, and what day does it drop? What drops? When's it? When's this going to come out? Uh, I, I don't. Let me check. I'll tell you right now. I don't need to know the exact. I'm just saying. No, I'm just, I can tell you. I, I, I. Some people have bought advertising. Oh, I shouldn't say that on my podcast. That want certain guests. I shouldn't say that. I definitely shouldn't say that. You have to. All, whatever the, the podcast is out now. Because whatever date this is, is that so what, what day do you drop it on the same day every week? 
Yeah, we're gonna do it Tuesdays. Um, Stapleton was the fir- Chris Stapleton was the first episode. Um, Bill Burr came out to the Troubadour show. I became friendly with him. He's on it. The problem is I do the interviews over the phone because I don't have time to go. You know, I'm trying to think. And Billy Joe Shaver, who I was talking about. So Al was last week. This will be. Hang on. Just make sure this will come out. This will come out. This will come out. I want to put it out. I, I, I want to put it out right before your album drops. Yeah, can you do that? Like the week that uh, I can do it. The week your album drops on the thirtieth. Your, yeah. your album drops June second. Yeah, I'll put it out. Most uh, people don't get to hear this part of the podcast. That's cool. Yeah, May second, May May thirtieth. That'd be perfect. I'll be in Hawaii. And by the way, guys, if you're listening to this, I'm at the Blue Night to, Blue Note tonight in Oahu, in Oahu, the Blue Note, Honolulu, Hawaii. Isn't that weird so to think comes, that. that- you're sitting here on the couch knowing that you're going to be... Either that or I'm dead. Yeah, well... If you don't see me at the Blue Note, guys, I died. And if I did die, first of all, buy Wheeler Walker Jr.'s album, uh, Old Wheeler, on June 2nd. And buy everything I have because my kids are going to need to go to college. Yeah. At least and, one of them will. And at least... And yeah, watch the funeral on CNN because I'll be playing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I assume they're going to broadcast it Well, I'd love live. to be on your podcast if you ever got time. I'd love it, yeah. I mean... Bring a bottle of Jack. I'd love it. Yeah, like what I was saying was we do them all over the phone, which is... I can t- I'm just not an interview. I just don't know how to fucking talk. To- I talk you, gotta, to- you can't do them on the phone. It's impossible. That's what Joey Diaz told me. You with- can't do them on the phone. You got to be in person with them. Here's what you got to do. You got to get. You got. You got to get. Just. I- I'll tell you as a fan what I'd like to hear on your podcast is I- almost the cool thing is like just a good just have a guitar around so it could be a part of it. You know, and just bring in people. It would be fun to hear Shooter Jennings come on. It would be fun to hear Sturgill come on. Myself, anyone. But yeah. just the idea that there is a guitar, there is maybe a, a cocktail or something, and it's just, it has that outlaw feel. That, that yeah, that's, that's what I want to do, and it hasn't turned out that way, mainly because, you know, it's like you reach out to these people and they're in Canada. You know, they're all these fuckers. That's why I started the phone thing. It was like everyone's, you know, they're on tour. It's like, how the fuck? I can't. Listen to I'm gonna I'm gonna dial you in. Stan Hope's podcast is the one of my favorite favorite favorite. But it's him with a bunch of people and they're always in his thing and they in his fun house and they go in and they do it live and it's got a real fun loose anything could happen vibe. But I think one of the things that you have you have dialed in is you have first of all you have a bunch of comics that are big fans. So you have comics that are big podcasters that would love to be on your podcast. But none of us will, I, I, including myself, none of us will do them on the phone. Like it just it just there is an an impersonal impersonalness to it is that the well, right I've, word? I, I've done one i there's a there's an artist i love called her, her name is brandy clark look her up if you don't know her and i went to vegas to play a gig during the academy of country music awards and she yeah. was there at the same time so i was like why don't you just come by my hotel room and and we'll talk there and it was so much fucking better than the other ones because yeah it really was what i say it was just we were talking instead of like a phone is, is an interview. Yeah. I don't want to be interview people. You get, I want to just talk. Get an H6, get two XLR cables, two mics. What's that and thing? The, the H6, Zoom H6. It's amazing. It's got six channels, so you got an, an ambient room noise. You got two plugins here, two plugins there. What's, what's it recording on? Onto an SD card, and then you just take your SD card, put it in your computer, upload it to the internet. It's fucking so simple. Is it recorded on as, as an MP3? Uh, this is records as a wave. Then I run it through a thing called Levelator. I take it out of Levelator and then I put it uh, into GarageBand and edit it. If like uh, there's anything I want to add or take away, and then it co- I, and then it posts as an MP3. Hold on, can I take a picture? Of this yeah, of thing? course. Yeah, yeah. 
Because, yeah, I, was, I asked, I talked to Rogue, and I was like, do you want to, can you just call in and give me, like, a 10-minute, like, instructional thing on how I did it to on, the on how to do a podcast the kitchen cousins I just did it for them and I just they're on HGTV and I just I all the people at HGTV and DIY that are uh and I say this respectfully but all that are not renewing their contracts with that with scripts are all really great talents and for whatever reason the networks are going in different ways which happens every seven years but they're all should all have a podcast. I told the Property Brothers, Kitchen Cousins, Josh Temple. I've told all of them, start a fucking podcast. And I have a email that I send out that are links to all the stuff on Amazon that you need to buy. All you have to do is click that link. It'll go to your house, and then you can start immediately. It's, you, it's you, that you have an I'll send you all those links. Okay, I'll get you. I'll my, send you all those links. Yes, yeah, definitely send it to me. I want that because what I want is, and that the, like I said, the 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 um. The goal behind the podcast is an is a pure and honest goal, which is just to talk to my fans directly. But yeah. it's coming out a little bit too forced, you know, because the first ten minutes me just kind of ranting about my week, which I think people will like that. But then the yeah. interview part is kind of is it should just be it's a probably, it's probably this probably this, the sellout part, which is to get names on there to get people to. No, nah, I think you're the name. I would I would continue. The most of people that will find your podcast and enjoy your podcast. Probably, including myself, will not be really moved too much by a name. I just want to hear you interact with someone and be real. Like that's what I exactly. Well, that that's a good point because you know when I listen to like when I first started listening to Rogan, like there's all those guys now. Same thing with it's almost like a stern thing where it's like you just learn these people you don't know. You get to know them. Like the guy, yeah, you, like the guy who's the other day was talking about the world is flat. Who's that guy? Uh, Eddie Bravo. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> now I know that guy. But by I, the way, by the way, I know the podcast so well that I already know who he is without even having heard exactly, that. Exactly. But it's like I want to hear because I got friends who are say as much fucking crazy shit. Yeah. Like that too. Like if I had a because you listen, part of you is just like, how's he friends with that guy? But. I'll bet, I'll bet fucking half my idiot friends think the fucking world is flat, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, Eddie Bravo would be great on your fucking... I want to get Eddie Bravo on my podcast. He's really busy. He does do Rogan's podcast probably once a week, and he does run one of the most elite jujitsu schools in the world. So, and... and they may give me in fucking shape. Oh, he, I, I went to go do jujitsu with him. Me and Joey were going to start, and... And he was like, what do you know about jiu-jitsu so far? And I was like, nothing. He goes, okay, I can't just put you into a, a class. You need to learn some real basics. Just you, Were you a wrestler? I said, no. And he goes, okay, well, let me see if I can pair you with a guy that can get you up and running. And then and, and then Eddie also had a black eye. And I said, what happened to your eye? And he goes, oh, I just roll in. I just, it doesn't, it's not often. And I was like, I'm on TV. I can't have a black eye. I can't just have an episode where I have a black eye and everyone's TV's like, did Burke get a or fucking like fight? Or like one scene, you'll just like one, like a, one reverse shot. It will just be you in a black eye. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but this has been fucking awesome, man. I appreciate you reaching out and. and oh, thanks, man. You know, my, my new thing is, again, sorry if, to keep going if we were about to stop, but. No. When people. How I've been doing the podcast thing is, listen. There's always one guy. It's like you should be on such and such podcast. But if if once I see like a dozen or more people saying, you know, because I I got that a lot about you. They're like you got to yeah. Once, but when I see it enough, I'll I'll, I'll ask the guy like Joey Diaz. I must have gotten a hundred people asking me to be on Joey Diaz, and I didn't know I knew who he was through Rogan. I didn't know how fucking hilarious the fucking He's dude fucking was. Amazing, right? But if it's if it's that much of a pe- people, that's where I will listen to the fans if they're like. They think I'll match up with so and so guy in a good way. Like, yeah. and I got so many about you. It's just like I'm in town doing press. Let's fucking do it. You know. Yeah. There's a there. Uh, I'm there's a. 
I, I do anyone anyone who hits me up usually. I mean, there's a lot of people that will say, he didn't do mine, but I think for the most part, more people than not. If I'm in a town and someone has a podcast and they can come to the club and set up in the club, I'll do their podcast in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's my thing too is I, I – because it's my own thing. Like this, there was a dude – there's a, this guy. His name is Jehovah. I would assume it's not his real name. He plays video games on YouTube. Yeah. And he goes, I want to do a podcast. Will you – if I Skype with you from your place, will you be on my – I'm just like – Sure, yeah, yeah. Why the fuck not? He's got like a million YouTube subscribers. It was probably, he's like, I've never done a podcast. Will you be my first guest? And I'm just like, why say no? If I've oh, just, there's yeah. uh, H3H3, yeah, Ethan Hila are two people that I was fans of online. And then I hit him up and I was like, uh, I was like, hey, I, I really, I, I really like what you're doing. And they're like, that's so cool. We're starting a podcast. Would you want to be on it? And I was like, fuck yeah. And then we did it and it hasn't been released or we're going to have to redo it because there was problems with it, I guess. Um, but but the other one is Hot Ones. You know Hot Ones, Sean no. Evans? No, but it's, it's funny because we, the technology, which drives me crazy, also helps a ton because my managers are like, who the fuck is Jehovah? Yeah. I go, I don't know. I mean, I know I've, no, I've heard the word Jehovah, but it's like there's a bunch of YouTube comments they leave comments under your music videos. A lot of people be like, you know, of course, you know, Rogan sent me here, whatever. A lot of people were, yeah. for like a month, people were putting Jehovah sent me here. It turns out it was this guy. He was he for was, a minute. You're like, wait, wait, wait. The witnesses? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the um, Jehovah's Witness. I think his Twitter is like Jehovah Witness or something. And it turns out it was this guy sitting at home playing who has like millions of YouTube viewers. He was blasting my record, singing along, playing video games. Really? And it so- sold. I mean, it helped. It sold records. It got shit out there. You know, oh, that's it's like the way great. you can get the word around. It's just so fucking cr- like if you asked me if like a video gamer could have the rights to my songs to play on a YouTube video, I probably would have said no. Yeah. But now that I've seen it, it's just like fucking blast that shit. Sing hey, along. if any video gamers want to play my album. <laughs> yeah. We, I went on to Periscope. One of my favorite things in the world to do is go on Periscope and then find someone interesting on the map part of Periscope, watch their live stream and then send all my fans there. So yes, oh, that's funny. It's so much fun. And then we talk about usually they don't speak English. So then we talk about them in like just kind of like bullshit. How do you about, do, how do you do that? You can just you can just pick an area and just pick a, a, a person. I'll show you. It's really fun. So you go to Periscope, and uh, I have like sixty eight thousand followers, which isn't a lot. But then you go to the world, and so immediately I go, oh Rio de Janeiro, who's in there? And you're like, oh, actually, I was, like, I'd probably just enjoy watching random. People. Oh, this girl's working out. 25 people. Okay. So this girl's just working out. She's, she's now she's just giving instructions, but, uh, you'll tell people to watch her. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Russian chicks are always fucking amazing. You can always find a hot Russian chick. Oh, doing drugs. Russian chicks doing drugs. Oh, she was hot. Yeah. So she's got six followers. So what I do is I go and I share it with all my followers. So now 68,000 people just got oh, a shit, thing. Awesome. So then watch her numbers grow from six. And see, it just yeah. starts building. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know if I have. I've only done Periscope once, so I probably don't have any followers. But So they start right in the machine, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll do. Watch Doing a podcast with, and this that noise is her getting excited. How many? She's counting how many people just joined a room. 
And so I wrote... Hey, shit, she's fingering herself. All right, doing a podcast with Wheeler Walker Jr., showing him how much fun this is. This is her saying thank you in Russian, by the way. Oh, she's just so happy for the yeah. attention? Yeah. She's got 116 followers. Isn't that a... Isn't that weird though? When you think about it, it's just like she's so excited, just to she's a, she's a nobody. She's just excited to have people look. So see now everyone's like Wheeler, like they're losing their mind that you're on here. Oh, here's all the fat shit. Yeah. So but now she so just now, wants to be. She just she's she just, just wants, excited. She wants to be seen. It's crazy. Oh, they just said puss and boots. Oh, nice. So then what I'll do is, so now I, I, everyone's allocated, and then now I'll start a live one. And I'll go, Wheeler, Walker, Jr. And then all those people will come in, and then I talk to them about, here. I talk to them about what we just watched, and then we go, yeah, what the fuck was she doing? And it's just right, a, she was, was she smoking weed? She was, I think she was smoking, uh, the, they have those, um, what are they called? The uh, Vape something? No, no, the, the hookah lounges. So no, that was fun. What's up, guys? Wheeler Hookah. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna start doing more Periscope. Bert talked me into it. It's fun. It, what, is Periscope? Oh, look at this. Sanchez is like, I've been waiting for this one. Oh, good old Sanchez. Yeah, shout out, but, big but, big thumbetry. Shout out to Wheeler. Um, what my is it? Is, You're talking to Mike. We're still doing the podcast. Is it? Too. Is it? <laughs> oh shit! There's too much shit going on. Too, too much fucking media. Is my Twitter name the same as my Periscope name? Yeah. Okay, so it's just Wheeler Walker Jr. Get, yeah, and and just dude, the fun thing is. Um, get on your Periscope and just set it up and just play the guitar and fuck around and and, and yeah. make it your writing session. That's the one time I did. It. I just I turned it on. I just played. I played Puss in Boots acoustic. Fucking Sanchez. Hey, does anyone have any uh, any questions for Wheeler Walker Jr. on Periscope? Sucking dick and kicking ass. Is that a question? No, they just said sucking dick and kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, okay. They say you need to get connected with Louis uh, J Gomez on Legion of Skanks. You know Big J Ogerson. No, what's Legion of Skanks? Oh, the guy just said, I'm, I'm ready for old Wheeler. Who is it? I don't know. His name went through too quick. But, but, but what are you talking about Legion of Skanks? That caught my attention. I mean, I'm already interested. <laughs> Luis J. Gomez is a, uh, is a comic. Him and Jay Oakerson have a podcast in New York. So if, when you're in New York, do Legion of Skanks. Go in, do Legion of Skanks, and you'll fucking love it. It's a podcast? It's a podcast, yeah. They do it in uh, in the East Village out of this... Uh, well, I don't like, know... I don't know uh, my direct, I don't know my way around New York, but yeah, if they reach reach, if I'll I'll set you up, I'll set you up. Okay. I'll, I'll connect you with Big J. You should go in and do Bonfire with him and Dan Soder. Do Bonfire with him and Dan Soder. Bring your guitar and fucking say they'll fucking. That's love what I'm, that. I'm going to New York to do. Uh, I'm doing a bunch of uh, <laughs> some like guy serious. Goes, some guy goes. Is he an illegal alien? <laughs> no, he's alien? white. Um. Yeah. I'm yes, guys. New record comes out June second. It's called Old Wheeler. I'm going to be posting this May thirtieth. Um, they said to go do Kid Chris when you're in Cincy. That's a great show. Well, I've you, talked to you. He's, yeah, Kid Chris is great. Cincy's close to where I grew up. Um, you want to hear some trivia? People don't know this, but the, you probably know it from traveling, that the Cincinnati airport is in Kentucky. I do know that. I've cried at the Cincinnati airport before. Um, all right, so I'm going to hop off. Hang on. I'm going to hop off Periscope, guys. I will uh, – I'll, I'll – Hit you guys up if I find someone, anyone interesting. But I'm at the comedy store tonight. If anyone wants to come to the comedy store, doing Ari's This Is Not Happening show, and then I'm in the OR. OG. Oh, yeah, whatever. So, right then.
six thousand people watch that. That's fucking crazy. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, part of it's you know it's a little odd that you just had that much access, but the other part is just like it's not good. It's, it's not good because I've done them when I've I've been spiraling out before oh, and it shit. didn't go well. What happened? I just uh, I I was fucking fat and I was complaining and I was making a drink and I killed the drink and then I poured another one and everyone was just like, are you, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, but I was just being honest. Why can't I just be honest? Why do I have to be a brand every time? Why can't I just fucking be? Yeah, I mean, I guess you're kind of you're saying you're kind of caught in the the machine kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like they're yeah, like they want they they want they want their diet coke to taste like diet coke. They don't care if it tastes like Coke. They're like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, I mean, I've tried to kind of put out, let people know that, you know, you know, I try to on social media kind of try to be a prick a lot of the times in a in a way that like, because you're you're so open with your fans and I bet it gets you in trouble. Everyone wants to party with you, and a lot of the time you probably say yeah. You probably I say yes every time. You say yes, yeah. I, I've no, there's never been a time I've said no. I was walking through uh, that can be dangerous. The Irvine Spectrum with my family, and someone in Dave and Buster's recognized me, and they were like, uh, "The machine! Oh my god, we got to do a shot with the machine!" And I'm just like, "Oh, okay, quick one, make a fireball so that it doesn't affect me." And then I do it. My wife's just sitting there going, "You're with the girls." Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's you can't do that. But yeah, I have a, I have a good thing. I think where I. I'll, if a fan says something, I can just be like, fuck off. And they're like, oh, that's a perfect Wheeler experience. You know, I go, leave me the fuck alone. And they'll be like, oh, that's a perfect I wish. Wheeler experience. Yeah, I you got you to start being more of a – actually, I, I don't recommend it because I, I, I love what you're doing. So I don't want you to turn into a well, fucking I do, dick. I love what you're doing, man. I appreciate, I appreciate this. This has been a fucking two-hour yeah, talk, plus. We talked for a long fucking time. Two hours and 15 minutes. Not to mention we talked before, too. Yeah, that's the that fucking inside, the inside secret shit, which no one will hear. The inside baseball shit. Hold on, can I? Just, we'll do it after. I want to show you my guitar. Well, hey, can you can you play something? Could uh, you do um, that? Would that be too much? I, 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 mean, I feel like we're missed. Like if your guitar's here, like I. But my my point was that Gibson. Uh, oh I, yeah, I saw you shouting out. Oh, is this the one that has Gibson? Is this the one that Gibson fucking made me this guitar? It's the craziest. Of everything that's happened to me since I started doing this, this is the craziest thing I've ever. I'm actually having. Drinks with the CEO of Gibson in Nashville a couple nights from now. Look at this. They made me th- this. Do you mind if I... It's a, it's a fucking perfect thing. It plays like you've never seen. Wow. But look at that. Look at the, the work on the, on, the, on the bridge with the... The pearl inlay? That's fucking beautiful. You like a more firm pick? This was... Uh... That's a J45. But see how they do it too? It's like it's a new one, but it's got got the old. Um, oh wow! I didn't even notice that. But look at the lo- look at the what's the old logo? Holy shit! Here, I'll give it to you. Here, I'll show you my guitar. My guitar I got when I was um, I was in ninth grade, and I realized that uh, I was going to be a musician. That's when you knew you were going to start. By the way, this is so old. This is so old. Look at this. It's got a TWA sticker on it. This 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 uh, this New York taxi thing was the, this represents never bring this guitar on stage ever again with me. It's the one time I brought a guitar on stage with me, and I I was at the Boston Comedy Club, and I had a song about uh, jacking off into a cheeseburger, and uh, and <laughs> and uh, and I as soon as I brought the guitar on stage. This is just so fucking old. This survived college. Yeah, I still have my old Epiphone, but I never realized until uh, I got older. Shit, this is a Martin. Yeah. This is nice. 
Yeah, it's a nice guitar. Yeah, I didn't realize until I got older how much the nice guitars sound, how much better they are than the shitty ones. Because it gives to start giving me these things. And they sound so that guitar could be. I wish I would like to send it to a Martin dealer and have them like. Oh, this is this is worth money. This is this is. I don't know how to tell the year, but this is a nice Martin. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh... It's a great guitar. It's been beaten up because it was in college with me, you know? So, like... It looks mainly... I would just clean it up a little bit. Like, it looks in pretty good shape. I really? Yeah. I, I just realized that you're not talking to a microphone for this whole conversation. Yeah, was, that was a minor issue. <laughs> no, this plays nice. Go, go down to Nashville. Next time you go to Nashville, bring this into uh, Carter's Guitars. They'll give you good money for it. Really? I uh no, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna. What I'd like to do is I'd like to just get it t- like tuned up, tuned up and like and like I want someone to just go through and make sure the neck's straight, like everything. Like yeah, it, it, seems, it seems it seems a little warped, I think. Yeah, um, but that's the that's easy to fix. But yeah, I'd be curious just for you to for yourself to know when what year did you buy it? You remember? 1980. You buy it new or used? New. Well, maybe not. Yeah, I, uh, if you bought it, you because I got an old. I bought it. When growing up in Kentucky, I bought a Les Paul out of the back of the paper in a, from a guy in a, um, in a trailer park. This was the biggest mistake guitar I ever bought. Right here. And by the way, I have like six at my parents' house. But this fucking traveling Martin sucks dick. No offense, Martin. I was making money. I was in a guitar shop. Oh, yeah, I've seen these things. Which are- they suck, man. Try, just try, here, just try and play it. It's just so fucking hard. Yeah, I've, I've tried these things before. It's like... Yeah, this is shit. It's like you can travel with it. You can travel with it, but the upsides are you can travel with it. Downsides is it doesn't it doesn't fucking play. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's this is like a ukulele. Yeah, I was like, why didn't I just learn how to play a fucking ukulele and bring a ukulele with me? Yeah, this is not a guitar. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's another instrument. Some some dude. I'll bet I'll bet the guy who runs Martin. His son like got stoned one night and just like Dad, I got an idea. They call it the backpacker. Yeah, it's like. There's a lot of people who want to go out and in, in backpack with their guitars, right? Yeah. And the dad's like, yeah, sure, sure. And he's like, how about a, like, the whole reason a guitar sounds like it is because it's got the whole fucking thing. Yeah. It's like, let's take the guitar and the whole reason a guitar is a guitar, let's not do that. Yeah, this thing fucking is frustrating because I was like, oh, yeah, it's the backpacker guitar. Have you ever traveled with it? I never. I never. I traveled with it. I When I was trying to stop drinking on the road, I brought it with me and I was like, I'll write songs at night. I'll write music at night. And I, it was so frustrating to play because it slides out from you. Like there's no, you need. Yeah, there's it. nothing. There was nothing to hold on to. Yes, here. and so you, you end up like it's almost like playing a steel guitar. Here, let me show you another thing too. And by the way, you might want to turn this off the podcast. It's boring, but no, it's not boring. Carter's in that in the actual size. This is a Carlton case. The brand Sturgill actually told me about it. Um, this case. This case is airplane. You can you can check it at the, on the plane. Really. This is like you can run over this with a truck. Really? Or drop it off the roof and nothing will happen to it. Because most like cases that you, if you ship them, yeah, you know the those shipping are like these giant rectangles. Like if you're seeing like the the road cases that the the big like arena acts have are no, these giant no. silver rectangles. This is the only company that makes a travel c- case that's safe for. So you check that? Yeah, I check it. And then nothing's ever fuck. I mean, nothing's ever happened. That's a great case. This case is. You can just- run over this with a guitar. But it's great to not have to worry about it. Because I was listening to that podcast about Nick trying to put his guitar on the plane. Yeah. It's nice to just check it and not have to worry about it. Yeah. That's a, that is a really great case. I, might, I was thinking it's about... the only one that makes the airplane safe but still shaped like a case. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because I've had airplane safe ones that are just that are like literally this tall and like this wide. They're just giant silver boxes. That's fucking great. Yeah, that sucks. 
The um, that was the case guitar case section of the podcast. That was well. This guitar case I got I got when I bought this guitar, and uh, and this guitar has been with me everywhere. But this sticker I brought us I brought a I brought this guitar on stage. My cousin Abe and my sister Annie were there in town in New York. I did my second time ever going up on stage, and I uh, and I brought the guitar on stage and I sat there and I told my first joke and I I noticed that no one was looking at me everyone was looking at the guitar on the side of the stage and I was like when's he going to bring that yeah when's he going to start playing the guitar and then I bombed so hard because no one was listening to me talk that when I did grab the guitar it had to be it had to be brilliant yeah and so they said uh and so, and I sang the song, and and it was it got an okay response, but I bombed. I ultimately bombed. I got in the taxi, and my sister and my cousin were so uncomfortable with how bad I did that they didn't look at me on the whole ride home with my guitar sitting on my lap. They pulled off this New York taxi cab map, this uh, subway map, and they just literally focused on that and didn't speak to me. And I was so yeah, fucking mortified. To, Here, talking I, to Mike. I did a uh, gig in Atlanta, and my cousin showed up and. We, the gig was Saturday night, but the Killers, you know that band, the Killers yeah, yeah, yeah. went like wanted to play that night as like a surprise show because they were in town. So they bumped me to Sunday. So every like half the like if if I had a ticket for a concert on Saturday and got bumped to Sunday and said I could get my money back, I probably would. Yeah. So half the audience didn't show up, and my cousin lives in Atlanta. And she, her, and her fiance came to the show. It was like literally half the people. It was probably a quarter filled because. I would say two thirds of the people just didn't show up. Didn't yeah. even either either didn't know about the night change, or got an email and said "fuck it, I don't even want, I want my money back." Yeah, and they kind of had that reaction too, which is like, oh. we're, we're really proud. Of, you know, anytime a family member says we're proud of you, congratulations. You know, it's no, you want like that was fucking awesome, or you know, yeah, you want something like that. And I'm, I just every time I look at the sticker, I remember that car at home. I'm like, fuck. And then I saw this TWA sticker. Let's see what my phone number was back then. Oh, nineteen. 19- 58 Glencoe Way. My number was 347-452. Where where is that from? This is, uh, I guess I lived in LA. This must have been, if it's 1958 Glencoe Way, that was my, that was um, probably just like 23, probably 27, 27, so I'm 44, so yeah. 17 yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, by the way, before we go, I do have one question for you. Shoot. Who's this fucking Lindsay P- Pilos girl? Because <laughs> so someone showed me her on Instagram. So for like six months, I would just I was, she's got like eighty million yeah Instagram followers. Because someone said you or you maybe mentioned her, and I was like, uh, she's got eighty million followers. So I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna start taking her pictures and putting them up on my fucking Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> and then like I'll just people will just like if you like hot chicks with big tits, you can just come to. I'll, I got everything for you here. It didn't work. <laughs> But everyone was just like, thought, I think they thought it was my girlfriend or something. I was just like, I would with no explanation, I'd just be like, "Here's a picture of a yeah." Hot she chick. she is uh, <clears throat> she's an Instagram model. So she I love that term. She like, dated Dan Bilzerian. I did a podcast with her. The problem is that for everyone who's always asking, "Where is that podcast?" The problem is is that a lot of friends have stuff coming up. Friends that I've known for a long time have stuff coming up that is airing that week, and they want. To, they want to do the podcast and they it's short notice because they're fucking comics so like Al Madrigal called me and was like hey I have a podcast I have a my Showtime special is airing this week can I do your podcast Monday put it out Wednesday I go of course so I was going to put Lindsay that one next week is now she's uh, going to get pumped for me too 
Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough, she will be after you probably. Um, next week's Cheeto Santino, Andrew Santino. He's got a show. T- he's got a sh- TV on Showtime coming out. Uh, Mark Normandy. Mark Normandy. Mark Normand is doing. He's got a Comedy Central special coming out. So like, I, I bump. I'm bumping people for people that have projects that are imperative. And Lindsay's just trickled down to like. And then yeah, I've I got. I guess Mickey. there's no time in this for an Instagram model. Well, no, it's interestingly enough, it's a fucking great interview because I did not expect much out of her. And she's from Louisiana. She's fucking busted her ass. Like a really interesting journey. Yeah, I shouldn't judge her, but I mean, when you see. I did too. I did too. And I I spend the whole podcast going, like, you're not a fucking idiot. Like, and she's like, thanks, I guess. Those, I mean, the biggest fucking tits I've ever seen in my life. Oh, dude, I'll show you the video. I mean, she's fucking interesting, man. She's an interesting chick and she's, and she's smart. And uh, we're trying to work on a project together because she wants to be like the morning show, like Kelly Ripa. Oh shit! I should I should put her in a video, dude. You think she'd do it? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I'll, I'll set it up. I can't. Uh, I don't think I have a Instagram model money. We'll see. No, I think she'd do it. If I think if it's a good project and it's fun, she'd do it. Um, but yeah, she's cool. So that one's coming out after you. Oh shit! I've been I've been. In my own, I guess putting pictures of her up in a way was my kind of making fun of her. So now I feel bad if she's cool. no, she's cool. But she, but she'd get a kick out of it if she, if you, she checked out. If you look at my Instagram, and, like if you look back months, there's like a while where all I was doing was posting pictures of her, <laughs> and I would do like P last of the day. I didn't even know how to pronounce her last name. I was like, come to my here. here we're playing Atlanta tonight. Here's some look at these fucking awesome tits. I just put a picture of her, and people would always ask me like, well, "Who the fuck is she?" Like, as as if I'm just like I I just took that picture in my fucking yeah. house, you know. I was like, I don't know, just some chick I found on Instagram. <laughs> she, uh, I'll show you a video. You should repost to hers. It's pretty great. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's cool. I she'd do something like that. All right, cool. Um, yeah, fuck these other guys. I don't need the Legion of Skanks. I need her. No, <laughs> Legion of Skanks is will be fun for you. It'll be All really right, fun. Cool. Um, well, dude. I appreciate it, man. I'll oh, do. This is a blast. June 2nd, Old Wheeler. You heard it here. Go to WheelerWalkerJr.com. Let's, let's, yeah. Let's beat, let's, let's beat Luke Holmes. Peace. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.